miniature soldiers, big opinions. This is the Conclave Podcast. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Conclave Podcast. I am ADR Wargaming and tonight I am joined by two of our usual crew. I've got Quipster and the Sandman with me. Say hi guys. Hi guys. What's up? There we go. I mean, hi guys. <laughs> you were supposed to do that at the same time as me. I've ruined it. I've ruined yeah. everything. There's a lot of choreography that goes into this, and they can never, you know, we just, we're just rubbish uh, between us. Um, and we are also joined by a very special guest uh, on this on this episode. We have the master of the Dark City, arguably the man behind Vect in many ways. It's Archon Skari, everyone. Say hi, Skari. Hi, Skari. There we go. Excellent. Um, who is very kindly joining us and will be giving us his the benefit of his wisdom um, for all things hobby as well as obviously his expertise on the Drakari. If you don't know who Skari is, you should definitely check out his channel over on YouTube. Um, he is most famous as the Lord, as I say, of the Drakari and as an, an excellent player for Drakari throughout many editions of Warhammer. So if you are into that faction or if you're just interested in seeing some awesome hobby and some awesome games and battle reports, check out Skari's channel because um, it's very good and very, 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 very much fun. I would say you are, you are too kind, I will say. Uh, also, <laughs> as a caveat, um, Vect controls me. I don't control Vect. I oh, okay, would like okay. to keep <laughs> there's, my there's a hierarchy. <laughs> Thank you very much. I am subservient to the Dark Muse. God, you really said you're, that you're, like you were worried about repercussions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he finds out... <laughs> yeah, yeah so, exactly. So, if, this, if, the trickle back, if this trickles back to him... Yes, and you know, there's a you book where he takes out a whole cabal and <laughs> he keeps the cabal members alive but flays them down to their bones except for their faces so they become wind chimes and so their faces are alive and their whole bodies are just the skeletal remains and he's hung them up by the rafters so when the wind blows into the holes of the cabal he crushed you just hear the wind chimes of all these cabal bones, but they're all still sentient and alive because their heads are still preserved. And so they're just like in a constant state of torturous pain because they decided to double cross him. Well, That's they, fucking you know terrifying. Before we, before we started Christ. recording, before we started recording, uh, Quipster was saying, he was like, I don't really know much about the Drakari. I'm interested in getting some of their lore. So there you go. There's your first there nugget you of horror there's for the some, evening. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. and, and also, I mean, Scurry, you're in, you're in a very well-lit room. Is that to avoid any mandrakes just appearing out of the shadows as well? It's sensible. See, it's all the precautions Correct. are in place. Um, yeah, but yes, 100%. so... Let's let's open up by talking as we often do about our hobby progress. So do you know what, uh, Sam? And I'm actually going to start with you, mate. What what have you been doing over the last sort of week or so since we last spoke? Yeah, I've I've been uh, continuing to paint GSE. Um, I think one of the things that I think I've probably been doing that maybe other people have done is that with the kind of introduction of potentially more uh, st well, of stronger rules in terms of you must have different factions painted different colours. The fun thing about that is it's given me an incentive to like make way more GSE characters, which is kind of <laughs> ironic because in GSE you can only take one of each character. But now I, I have I have like for all of the characters now the GW model and then a converted version, so I can run one as one cult and one as the other, which is quite nice. So I've been working on a Jackal Alphas conversion who is based on the Cerberus Raider, um, 
which was a lot of fun and it's looking pretty cool if i do say so myself it's a proper cowboy um which is a lot of fun and then i've been making a load of hybrid metamorphs which has been really cool because i've been collecting gsc for about a year now and i've been building everything as acolytes and, and with rock saws and rock cutters and that's generally been the way to go but now but now after uh kind of um yeah, Drukari kind of rose up. They've actually, they're actually a reasonable counter to them. So it was been it was nice to kind of go through the bits box and get all of the whips out and make all of these um, yeah hybrid metamorphs of whips, which is pretty cool. So I now have a very whippy squad um, ready to to hopefully do a little bit of paint. So then... I will double double confirm that metamorphs are like the bane of my existence. Nice. You know, <laughs> okay. Dustin really? Dustin Henshaw, uh, Dustin Henshaw, the uh, when it, um, start a scrub podcast, but he's he's um he's a diehard Tyranid Genius League Cult player, and he's part of uh, Team Canada, WTC Team Canada, and he's like an expert in in like Tyranids and Genius League Cult, and he runs like thirty hybrid metamorphs right now, yeah, and they are like, they are. Uh, because they just attack you, full attacks on death. Mm. So you send like anything into combat with them, like witches, whatever, and they'll just be like, all the, they'll kill all the metamorphs, and then the metamorphs will just kill whatever they were in combat with. So and especially because they're all like light toughness and yeah. stuff, just it's brutal. I was gonna say as well, like, I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say that definitely counts as a name drop. Like, I am not the only one that does these things. <laughs> <laughs> Mentions of mentions of the name drops like to name drop Dustin Henshaw from the Stud or Scrub podcast, <laughs> which is a little Canadian podcast, and uh, Jesse is his co-host, and he's a snotling. That's why it's called. He's the he's the scrub in the Stud or Scrub thing. Yeah, that's it. definitely a name drop. I'm, 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 I'm gonna have like a counter up on the screen or something. Yeah, this this, this might be your opportunity, Cripster. You'll be you you might not be number one in the name drop contest. Um, it's my yeah, time really to cool. shine. That's really cool. That's really cool. Um, and have you have you got any other conversions in the pipeline, Sandman? Or are you are you pretty much there now with your now you've got your whips in whip, as it were, your work in progress whips? Yeah. So I, um, well, I guess I won't say what happens, but I have played my game versus Winters at this point. Um, and I did take. So I actually, the nice thing about that game is because it was going to be. Uh, recorded it gave me a big push to get my GSC done for that game, but the hybrid metamorphs weren't done, so they didn't make the cut, unfortunately. But now, uh, yeah, with them being finished, um, yeah, they they are the final piece in my GSC puzzle. Then I need to paint my bane blade because me and Rich, who unfortunately is none today, but we're going to have a bane blade off at some point, um, which will be. Quite oh my fun. god! Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love I it. I want to see it. I want to see it. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean. Whilst we're here as well, and we're talking about hobby progress, Sandman, like you got to tell us some some of the secrets, some of the drama that happened with your with your game with Winters the other day. It wasn't really. It was. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because there was I a lot like, of smack talk. There was a lot. It's a fishing expedition. I don't know what this is. There was there was a lot of smack talk. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I think I learned my lesson. Really, I think you know you can't you can't go into the house of the master and think you can just. You know, um, I don't know, it wasn't much. I mean, there, there was a lot that, you know, was, but the language was so bad, unfortunately. It probably won't make it through to the final cut. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was really it's weird. You two just swearing at each other the whole time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck it's you, like, no, fuck you. Yeah, there's actually only like 45 minutes of usable content uh, from that background. <laughs> 
Nice, nice. And uh, and Quipster, what about you? What, what are you doing hobby-wise, hobby-progress-wise? Have we put another bit of... Have you, have you done these Black Templars yet? Is my main question. You keep doing you're making uh, this Black Templar video, and you're taking forever. Do it. Okay, so... Uh, See you in faith, brother. This, this is the thing. My hobby progress is just going to sound like humble brag after humble brag. Like, it just the whole time. So I was fearing Wait, this, this segment you, coming you, up. What else? Do, I mean, we don't expect anything else, mate. You might just fire away. That's normal. Yeah. Also, I feel like if enough. you say, I feel like if you say it's going to be a humble brag, it's no longer a humble, humble brag. brag. <laughs> it's just a brag. <laughs> so I'm going to be humble so... right now. <laughs> I am now consciously bragging. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Um, right, fire away. So. Um, Hobby progress. I'm counting like all of the like things that I've done that are hobby related, not necessarily just painting. So I was recently on the uh, Endless Cacophony podcast with uh, Liam and Warsmith Chris, uh, and that's out on DZTV. Uh, Wait, you, you do uh, other podcasts? TV. I do. I do. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm very naughty. Honestly, I've been cheating on you all. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we it was should on the turn him into a wind was... chime, Adam. <laughs> I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm a, considering yeah, I'm going to say, do it. I'm He's fucking still reeling tips. from that. <laughs> Jesus, that still got me shook. I'm not going to lie. But like, yeah. So if you want a really fun, uh, if you, uh, on another note, if you want a fun book on uh, to find out more about uh, Dark Eldar's uh, civilization and structure, read Jane's Eye. Oh, really? That's uh, Jane Zar ends up meeting Vect, and you get to see how much of a wonderful creature Vect is. That's interesting, because like that is cool. There isn't like on a totally unrelated tangent, quickly, and they'll circle back to my hobby progress. Um, there's not a lot of good Xeno Xenos fiction out there. Like there just isn't, and so it's really interesting to find someone like specifically the Jukari, because I've not heard of any before this. Well, the path of the archons. Like, here's a, here's is a that question. good? Which is, is that good? Hmm? I heard mixed things. I liked it. It's amazing. I liked it. It's really good. It's really yeah. good. Oh, okay. Especially if you go, oh, okay. So I'm an archon, and I'm going to put a banquet out for everyone. And to show my power, every chair, table, and bench is going to made of the bones of different like civilizations that I've <laughs> conquered over millennia. And then every piece of cutlery is going to be a separate piece of cutlery from like different civilizations I've conquered. So like you sit down and you've got like, you know, a craft world plate and then an orc like spork or something. <laughs> and then like, you know, a human like, like, you know, and so you sit down and you put this, this, this like feast on for everybody and you show off like how far and wide you brought your your cabal because you have all these things to show. I mean, like, I thought I bragged. But it's like damn. messed up. You know, you know as well that on one imperial planet there was like, well, you know, the Drakari there, they've raided it. They're like taking slaves. They're skinning people alive to send a message. And there's probably one person who's like, well, I'm frankly, I'm most annoyed about them stealing the silverware because there's like a Drakari like picking up. Why is this guy picking up forks? Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's for proof it's proof that you've like subjugated many uh civilizations oh, oh, no, 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 anyway. it's, it's, it's 
Hobby progress. <laughs> well, I was going to say, another slight tangent. What the hell does orc cutlery look like? I don't even like, what is that as a concept? It's just I want it to be chopsticks. Only chopsticks. Well, literally, as in they're, they're sticks with choppers attached. That's a chopstick <laughs> to an orc. There you go. Chopstick. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, since the orcs believe that <laughs> exactly. it works, it works. See, I want them so, to have, like, I want them to be, like, super savage, like, orcs, but very dainty when they eat things. Just like, like, a, <laughs> like a little salad fork. Just, like, <laughs> just, like, slowly cutting things. I told you, Gore, get your elbows off the table! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. You mean, like, instead of the swamp caller? The <laughs> cutlery caller? But yes, but, yeah, yes. you, you, you uh, are on the I was, yeah, I was on the end of Cacophony, and I kind of outed myself uh, for a whole bunch of different things, and a whole, like, people have been sending me things on the DZTV uh, um, Discord for, like, the last few days, and they're just like, oh my god, everything is a lie! Because, basically, when I, like, Warsmith Chris asked me, like, oh, you're yellow, how do you do it? Like people do. Um, it's like, it's like a thing. Don't shake your head, you know this is a thing. People have asked me. And so, um, yeah, basically, Warsmith Chris asked me, like, oh, so how do I do my yellow? And uh, I said to him, like, oh, I use these steps. It's flash gets yellow. And also, when I post it on Instagram, you know, you just boost the saturation a little bit. You boost the highlights. And so it just, it pops on the screen. And he just looked at me, just like, everything about you is a lie. I can't believe you have done this to me. <laughs> and so, yeah, that became that became a whole. You thing also work in cosmetics, the... so this is this is actually quite apt, isn't it? Right? That is true. I do I do work in the beauty and aesthetics industry. Um, people were <laughs> shocked when I said that I've I've had my forehead Botox, and they were just like, everything about you is a lie. <laughs> and so, yeah, that was that was a whole thing that happened. But yes, that was that's the drama that's happened. Uh, also, uh, small hobby progress. I. I do another show on TV called The Fireside Chat. Um, and finally, finally I finished uh, an episode with uh, Mini Wargaming Dave. Um, that's going to go up actually on Winter's channel quite soon. Uh, I think this coming weekend possibly or Wednesday. Nice. And also I finished uh, an episode of The Fireside Chat with Jim Vessel. And that should be up on uh, TV soon as well. Very cool. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Scurry, he's uh, he's based in Canada as well, like you, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's yeah, he's in he's in Vancouver, so an entire yeah. continent. Oh, okay, yes. that's like yeah. he's on the other side of Canada. He he's west uh. coast, and I'm east coast. And going to the west coast from Toronto is about is about the same as Most going Canada. to like it's, it's yeah. more expensive, right? It's, as well, like, it's, it's, it's yeah. my 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 it's, my. my, my no, it's not. Not. Oh, yeah? It's about the same cost. It's like. It's like. Well, right now, of course, airfare isn't no, exactly yeah. the most expensive. But I mean, you know. But uh, normally, yeah, it's it's just annoying. It's just as far to go that way, all the way across Canada. Like Canada yeah. is massive, massive. And yesterday, check the population. There's only like thirty nine. Like, million and like a third of you, a third of you are in the GTA. So I, I should declare an interest here, which is my my partner, my fiance, is actually from Etobicoke. So she's from Toronto, and I spent a, a good amount of time in Canada. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, really, did you yeah. just put on an accent to say that? <laughs> no, I said I spent a good amount of time in Canada, and like it's. I uh, swear you just put on a Canadian accent to say that. That was amazing. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't say sorry to pick on a stereotype. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
no yeah or any of that no the um yeah so i gc i i am very much looking forward to at some point getting back uh to see my her family obviously my family now over there as well um but uh yeah hopefully when things open up uh get to go back and see 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 canada again well let me know when you do show down yeah, we'll, we'll, i'll show you the ropes Definitely. we'll go down to mini wargaming that's awesome yeah yeah i'd, I'd love to, I'd love so to get time. involved in the scene over there it's awesome i have so much time for for jim and mini wargaming dave actually and i'm not gonna lie i did try and start some more drama with those guys just oh, god. I can. i'm trying to make this a thing i'm trying to make the warhammer logan paul boxing match happen <laughs> like that is a thing. Like, why? I, <laughs> what, why, Chris? Because why? I, I want to see. I want to see uh, Lawrence from Tabletop Tactics and Mini Wargaming Dave in the ring together, just for the hilarity's sake. Oh Jesus Christ! Okay, All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, it's a very specific and weird foible you've got there, but whatever. Um, <laughs> Have you? Have you? Look, this is all very good, and I'm, I'm. Of course, I'm very mm. proud of your. I'm very pleased of your your videoing and your YouTubing and your your podcasting achievements, and I watch most of them. But here's the thing: Have you painted anything? This Black Templar yes. video has been going on for a long time, my friend. Oh my God, you're telling me it's really like pissing me off because basically, like, I prioritize the fireside chat, the conclave, and like other things I do with DC DC TV over like my own youtube stuff and just like thing after thing has just kind of happened and especially lately i don't know what it is maybe it's the weather maybe it's um i don't know just the general situation at the moment but I, i've been feeling very like emotionally drained and it, it's very difficult to like get home from work at the end of the day and be like now i'm going to edit this video for four hours so, yeah 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 it's, it's, been, work, it's it? been a bit of a slog um but on the plus side i have painted a few more of these uh primaris uh infiltrators which hey. I'm, I'm very happy out happy about is that, um, for, is that for your so, imperial fists yeah those are for the imperial fists nice um so yeah that should be really good once they're done um there's there, oh you okay i can allude to it there is other news but i'm not I'm not gonna you guys know it <laughs> but i'm not gonna gonna share it just yet i'm gonna retain i'm gonna be cryptic Gonna be mysterious. And then send your guesses. Send your guesses as to what that is. To Conclave, <laughs> we'll, 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 we can have a competition on that. Um, okay, cool. So, and Scary, what about you? What are you? What are you working on at the moment? I know that obviously on Scardcast on your channel, you've been doing um, a lot of Crusade. Uh, sort of over the last few weeks, the sort of the rise rise of the Cabal um, as, as a crusade with the with the new Drakari or the relatively new Drakari Codex, which I've, I've been sort of following along. Um, but what sort of stuff have you been working on, painting wise, production wise? Because you're a very busy man in the world of uh, of hobby, by all accounts. Well, I try and I try and mix it up as much as I can. You know, uh, as much I do competitive stuff. You know, I do. Um, I do hobby stuff. Uh, lately, yeah, the the crusade because of the fact that we've had like so many lockdowns and things like that. Like the the whole rise of a cabal series sort of like was on the back burner for a little bit in terms of video production. But now that we're back and you know vaccinated and starting to be able to get together and have fun with friends, I'm going to be starting to do my like weekly battle reports again, which is really awesome. Plus, I've been doing a lot of work for mm. mini wargaming, and that's been fantastic. I've been going down like for two days a week i think for the last like six weeks or something like that like straight and um you know so i did this whole campaign with dave which has been really fun because dave's a 
great like character, and him and I like vibe really well on the cat on like in on the table, and we've had a lot of fun just making up scenarios and playing them. It's been fantastic. And then um, I'm currently I've uh, essentially planned, and I'm filming, directing, and and editing Ooh. my first narrative campaign. Interesting. That's, going to be That's cool. On me, yeah. Yeah, so so I'm going to be doing... So Matthew is actually playing my right, campaign, okay. basically, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so we started we started filming that first episode um, last week, actually. So I'm really excited about that, because it's like... It's nice to be able to have, like, all the creative juices that I have, like, flowing over 20 years of playing the game, and then being able to just, like, go to a... You know, go to the studio and like put a table up and like bring it to life almost and it's just fantastic like so i'm really excited to like try out all these different you know mm. just oh, narrative cool. elements and see how i can cook it all together because i have like a vision in my head of what i want to look like and so i have to work with like the editor and like sound and like all this stuff to kind of get the flow of this like story that yeah. i'm going to be telling basically which is really awesome and that's it's been that's been like a great sort of push from like creatively for me and it's nice to have like you know someone like mini wargaming sort of like collaborating me with me on that project and working with me on that and kind of like giving me a platform and like resources to be able to do it and it's freaking that's awesome. Gonna be awesome so stay tuned for that yeah and then of course yeah it's amazing like i'm i'm not gonna lie i'm like i'm still really intimidated by the whole thing and it's been like you know it's like i i don't want to make it too big because i know i'll overcomplicate it myself if that makes sense it's like it's you kind of get too much yeah. too many ideas and you want to like simplify it so in terms of like creative process <laughs> it's very easy to be like ooh, 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 ooh. it's like building an army list when everything in your codex is who good, would have and that you, problem like, put it all together and you're like this doesn't work <laughs> me well, i have I, that actually, problem i was gonna say uh relating back to the narrative <laughs> content if you if you want to get any help with it winters is the guy to reach out to i mean that guy has absolutely nailed a whole bunch of like narrative stuff like his his oh my god oh yeah absolutely I can't wait to play Winters either. Like I wanna, I wanna. Uh, one of the big things I wanna do is mm. now that the world is opening up, in terms of, yeah, is yeah. I'm gonna start traveling again. You know, because one of the biggest things that I enjoy doing as a hobbyist content creator is showcasing the hobby all over the world and showcasing like different players and different like uh, game groups and the journey that I kind of go through. So, you know, I've got a couple of big, like, mega projects that I want to do over the next, I want to say, 10 years. And one of them being is, and I've talked about this on, on uh, my Twitch show every morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm. Now, we, we sit down and we do Just Put Paint on it, which we hang out paint. But I've talked on that show that my biggest goal is I want to do a world tour. So I want to pack a backpack with like my army and like just go all around the world. Oh. And you know, yes. yeah, yeah. there's a map on your wall behind you, uh, Adam, right? So if you look at the map near Toronto, so the whole idea would be to essentially go like across Canada up to like Alaska, then jump over to like Russia, then go down into, you know, Japan and China, down into like Australia, New Zealand, then fly across into like 
uh, you know, fly across probably into like the Middle East, then go up into Europe, down through Africa, then across yeah. into South oh, America, awesome. and then make my way back up wow. to Toronto, basically. So like, it'd be like a world tour of gaming, where I'd love to just have my camera, my army, or whatever, and literally like play as many different That's people so cool. of as many different that, cultures. That'd be awesome. And that is, like, in the span of I think you know, two you, years or whatever. I guess, I guess you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. be able to you wouldn't be able and to film about about this bit time. of it, but you I think you would have quite a lot of interesting content about explaining to customs officials what it is <laughs> you're bringing into it. Like, oh yeah, what, what what's in the bag? Oh well, these are my Cabalite warriors. Uh, <laughs> like go through there. <laughs> Yeah, this is, uh, it's toys. What do you mean, toys? Uh, yeah, like miniature figures. No, I've had to, you know, traveling a while, I've had to, you know, I travel with a, oh, uh, yeah. like a, like a battle, battle foam bag or whatever, like that style, and it looks like a giant sort of, like, cooler, right? And so, they've always, every single time I've traveled with it, like, usually, customs officials get me to, like, crack it open and show them what's inside. And I got to the point where one time I was like, why is it that I always get asked to open this bag? Like, you know, like, why is it that, like, out of all the bags, this bag just seems to, like, stand out like a sore thumb? Because it's, it, you know, do you think it's camera equipment? You know what I mean? Like, is that what it is? And the customer right. official goes, oh, no, it's it looks like a cooler. I was like, okay. And a lot of people try and smuggle in, like, yeah. you know, oh, that's medical surprising. stuff. Like... <laughs> you know, organs, right? Oh. <laughs> With like coolers like this, <laughs> and so I was like, were just huh. like, it's just people who just like, I need my insulin like, well, to live. Sense. Don't take yeah. it away from me. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I need an I've extra got, kidney. Got, Let's I'm take it to customs. You can probably do some sort of medical procedure, bag. but that's about it. This is all you're gonna get. Yeah, no, I must. Yeah, it must be interesting. I've uh, you know crossing the. Do you do you, have you done a lot of gaming traveling sort of across the border into the US as well? Because the US customs can be quite picky. I've found him. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's not yeah, bad yeah. when you go into the states. You know, me because I'm coming in from Canada. So <laughs> I got like, pulled you know, over for like three crazy. hours. <laughs> um, but uh, did you? And. Well, I do too because I don't have a. I have an ESTA, which is like a like an electronic visa with my British passport. So I just go in, and the ESTA, as long as the ESTA's up and running, usually it's not a big of an issue. You just have to yeah. like go in, pay. They like run like a background check on you, and then you like on your way, whatever. Like it's not, it's nothing too crazy. Um, and then usually that just happens yeah. when you when you drive in. When you fly in, it's almost no issue. You just kind of like go in, and that's it. And so, yes, I have. I'd like to do more. Like, oh, last, yeah, on, yeah. in 2019, right. I was scheduled to go to Nova, Adepticon. Like, you know, I, I had, I, you know, I didn't go to LVO 2019. I I didn't go. I was like, you know what? And I missed out on Top Trip Car by, like, 0.5 points or something, because I didn't go to LVO. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And, uh, and I was like, because I'm going to go to all these events, and the whole world shut down. And I was like, well, I'm not going to go to any events. And so now I'm slowly really excited. I'm going to Attack X in Vancouver, British Columbia. That's oh, in, nice. That's in September. So September. And then in October, we got the, a big major here in Toronto that's happening. It's 130 people, which is like a big tournament for, for Ontario. And that's going to happen in October. And then my first international trip will be LVO. Uh, 2022. Nice. So I'm hoping to get back on track. As for painting, though, mm. I'm working on a raider because who needs, who doesn't need more raiders? <laughs> but my big project is this oh, guy oh my right God. here. Oh, that is wow. a Phantom Titan. Titans. 
Yeah, so it's a, it's a, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. this is fantastic radio. I'm sure they can tell from our picture. ooze that it is quite but, impressive. Uh, yeah. this is the, I'm showing <laughs> off the legs oh. of a phantom. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a phantom it's titan. Which, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Google it, Google it, people. Google, phantom Google, listen, Google, Google phantom titan. Phantom titan. And, uh, <laughs> on Forge World and you'll see it. Yeah, it's <laughs> massive. Yeah, that's yeah. just yeah, the legs, they, they don't the face. Uh, I do have to. I do have to give a shout out to Kyle, another name drop, because I was on Twitch and he literally surprised me with a Phantom Titan. He's like, "Here's wow. a Phantom Titan." Um, and I mean, uh, there are worse presents to receive. <laughs> <laughs> we have this massive, massive mega game that we do. Um, you know, right. he has a giant orb collection. He runs a Gear Guts mech shop, so it's like a big oh, orb online three um, D printing thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. Titania that's what Tanya was telling us about yeah. his orcs. Yeah. So he has, he has about 120,000 points of orcs that are all painted. Okay. So there's 120,000 wow. points. And he brings them all to this one game a week, a uh, year that we have for a weekend. And he puts them all out on this massive mega table. And then we try and get like 10 people to match his collection with our collections. And he's got like, you know, 200 mega knobs and like, you know, 20 stompers or whatever and they're all on the table and you have to like fight that must this be a big boss thing. so uh this is going to be used for that game mm-hmm mm -hmm. and that's my plans yeah painting a titan getting lots of content done and just loving the hobby and i know i hogged uh, airtime for like 10 minutes but that's uh no 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 it's, it's interesting okay. it's interesting to hear what what you're doing and say that that like world tour i mean certainly we mm -hmm. you know anything that promotes the hobby you know around the world especially getting to see the scene in different i think it's really interesting right the 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 you know, uh, obviously it's maybe on the more competitive side, but like on the, the meta as it exists in different countries, I was listening to, I think it was Forge the Narrative, or maybe it was, might have been Frontline Gaming. One of their podcasts they did the other the other day um, was actually just talking about like the Australian meta and just how like the meta in Australia is different. And then they had an interview with some guys from Sweden and like they were saying like sweet, the kind of Swedish Nordic meta, because they obviously play across like Sweden, Norway, Finland as well, is, is like completely different again in terms of how people play the game. So it, yeah, I think something like that, like that kind of project would be really, really cool. Um, you know, just just to see it, I think like a sort of uh, what is it? What is it? You and McGregor the oh, long yeah. way round, but for, uh, for 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 dice rolling and Warhammer. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like the yeah, it's like uh, you know around the world, north to yeah. south or whatever. Or, you like know, Michael Palin, right? Yeah, back Palin, in the day. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's that style. I was going to say as well, like talking about yeah. the Australian meta. I I think it was Forge the Narrative, um, and this doesn't count as a mm. as a name drop uh, yet. But, uh, yeah, no, I remember listening to him a while ago, and it was Adam Camilleri, I think. He was talking about... Um, yeah, yeah, he does all their Aussie, um, Aussie content. Based in Australia. Right? And yeah. he was saying that... Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was saying that uh, they tend not to use, like, very much Forge World at all in the Australian meta. And the reason for that is because it's all, what, twice as expensive? Like, yeah. it's a... It's a yeah, like Warhammer over there alone is like yeah, double so the price, it's like, and then when you have Forge World on yeah, top of that, it's, it's so nuts. it's literally just like a cost thing, and it, that's just like radically changed the way that people play the game, which I thought was just fascinating because, especially if you if you look at you know twenty oh my god it was like two years ago now the end of twenty nineteen like the Iron Hands meta was built around the Le the Leviathan Dreadnought, like I I don't think that was something that you saw too much in the Australian meta. 
Actually, you do always get weird stuff coming from Australia, don't you? Whenever you see, like on Goonhammer, the results from an Australian, <laughs> you're just like, just is that just a general, okay. a general yeah. Tim Tams, uh, didgeridoo music. <laughs> like that. I think, um, I think there's, uh, there's, there's, there's a variety of different reasons for that, but it, one of them could definitely be financial. But in others, I feel like, especially from the Australian players, there seems to be a much bigger emphasis on like faction. Uh, faction expertise rather mm. than like bouncing from like what's best better to better to better so a lot of the times you'll see someone like Eric Lathuris who's like, name drop you know he's known for like name drop yeah. like you very famous um, switch as you go around they, 9th edition didn't you just uh just to get on the van wagon. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. I pre-bandwagoned, as Innes would say. Um, Innes would, I uh, pre-bandwagoned. Him Can't and I stop had the a, pre-bandwagon. Yes, right. That's right. I, I literally planned for this uh, to be good. No, but like, you know, he's been doing what all this Tyranid, like, Horde-style gaming forever. And it's because, you know, he's just really good at playing with that same faction over and over and over and over again. Right, and I feel like you know that might be also possibly because of the fact that there is a bit of a like a financial like stress to like just change factions constantly. So you're you're encouraged to sort of like stick to your faction and just learn how to play it very very well, um, and then you come up with some really weird ideas that help you do well, even though it doesn't necessarily reflect what the quote unquote global meta is at the time i mean like mm. i i've always considered most people in the hobby to be like like i am a custodies player who has imperial fists uh, i think you know generally Saman, you're more of a like traditionally dark angels player who has mm. you know, other armies uh then we've got adam uh <laughs> who's like the exception to this rule I see it, I like it, and I paint it, and I, mean, I play with it, pretty much, it, that's the rule, including, including, including AOS now. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like, if you were anything, I would say a Death Guard player, who has, like, basically everything else, but yeah. even then... Yeah, Death Guard and Sisters, yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that point. <laughs> no, well, it's, uh, it was interesting just listening to that, because they, 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 they were saying as well with the... We're now turning this into a program on the Australian meta, so I will, I will cut this off shortly. But it was quite interesting. They were saying that um, Australia and almost Canada are quite similar in some ways, because obviously you have you know a population of around like 30 to 40 million. It's quite like spread out in terms of, you know, obviously the country in and of itself is huge and kind of the population is concentrated in kind of one or two places, you know, in, in Australia. It's sort of what, like New South Wales and, and Melbourne, Sydney, and then you've got like sort of Perth in Western Australia. And obviously in Canada, you've got like, you know, Ontario, Toronto, that GTA area, and then also Vancouver as well with like Calgary and, you know, other stuff in between. So it, it's quite interesting. They were saying like the way that then there's like a very localized regional meta that then then comes together at the tournaments and it makes it very interesting because people do develop their own completely unique kind of play styles in a way that like you know even in even in obviously the US is vast but like because it has a much bigger population and, and there's a lot more tra- I guess people travelling around um, that it it, it, do- it doesn't develop in quite the same way um, so I just thought I thought it was kind of an interesting observation as well and it leads to some interesting gameplay so yes I, if you would like to sponsor Scary to go on his round the world trip you know if that's an option please do because I don't think it's something we'd love to see it'd be awesome that would be sick well thanks yeah um, you know that's definitely a uh, you know I've started to put the seeds of, uh, of the plan in place now 
and mm -hmm. uh, and the plan will be to probably do it within the next 10 years or so. So hopefully sooner than later, but it is going to take a bit of planning. Yes. And then I'm off to the races, which will I be mean, exciting. Yes. Maybe I'll even do the whole around the world air balloon thing. You know, maybe we could do a <laughs> game in an air balloon. I mean, yeah, whatever. You maybe could do something. what my buddy Grantham did. And uh, literally all he did was he got on a train at uh, Hemel Hempstead in uh, North London and took that train all the way to Hong Kong. Just basically nice. on a whim. Yeah. yeah. That's the friends of mine did the, uh, did the Orient, their, their honeymoon was they did the Orient Express all the way across Russia and then down did, into China. Did one of them get murdered? So you can definitely do it. Uh, no, 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 they were fine. They were fine. They very much enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. One of them is a very much train enthusiast, so that explains why they wanted to do it. Um, but yes, anyway, that's uh, hobby progress. I guess for me, hobby progress, I have been painting sisters primarily. Uh, I finished up Morven Val. Today, really, just finishing up the base on her, so she's done. Um, and uh, yeah, just working through prepping my sisters to get them back into uh, you know, compet more competitive play, I guess, and using them. I have a game uh, tomorrow, actually, funnily enough, tomorrow evening, uh, as part of the Bad Moon League. Um, and I believe I'm up against Abmech, so it's oh, gonna be tough, guy. it's gonna be a tough fight. Um, I think, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, that guy is like a perfectly nice chap in my pod, dude. I just, I believe he's Where? bringing Admech, which, to be fair, I think he's, again, pre bandwagoning, I believe he has had Admech for a very long That's time. That's what he um, says. But I just think it's, you know, it's going to be a tough matchup because it's a good codex. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to try and finish up some Sacrosants because they're cool. You know, shield mace wielding nutters. That's I love that. Um, so and, uh, yeah, so, take them. so yeah. good. I love them. Yes, those, yeah, yeah. So I will. Good. It's it's such cool such a cool. I will also well. say to uh, to our listeners, all uh, all two of them, that uh, me and Adam are actually in the same pod for uh, for the Bad Moon League. So we we've got to make this happen at some point. We are, and you've been avoiding playing yeah, me, I, my friend. So I we need to make that happen. Anyone in the pod yet? Like literally anyone. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm but kidding. I do, I'm kidding. Yeah. But yes, let's let's get a game in. Yeah. Let's get a game in. Bring 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 yeah. your custodians. I, bring your custodians. I'd love to play. I do want to play them. the custodians against your sisters. I think that'd be a really interesting match. Because like, yeah, it would be. It would be really. I interesting have literally. Match, actually. It's and I say that as well. I might I might just bring a vindicare because I know you're gonna bring yours. <laughs> <laughs> they can just snipe at each other. How funny that be? There's just the two vindicares kill each other. <laughs> That's the only thing they do in the whole game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, no, and the other, the, I guess the other bit of like hobby progress is uh, for reasons slightly unknown to me, I've picked up Dominion, uh, as many people have this weekend, because our mutual friend, uh, Josh the War Hipster, has been whispering the secrets of the mortal realms into my ears and has persuaded me that it would be a good idea to uh, have a little look at AOS. So I thought it's a very good box. It's got some very beautiful models in it. That I thought I'd give a go. So yeah, I mean, I saw the the recent video they did with like these are oh, the no. new Stormcast releases. Oh um, my god, they are stunning! Like, just everyone yeah, says like, beautiful. oh yeah, you know, the AOS sculpts are better than forty k. If you want to see an example of that, just look at the new the new uh, Stormcast stuff. Like, holy shit, unreal. I mean. Scary, actually, yeah, the, the additional point. the additional um, stuff they've announced. Have you is awesome. got any AOS stuff? Is there something you want to get into in the future? Hold on one second. <laughs> also, I think uh, did we lose Adam? I feel like he's about to come back with like twelve thousand points of <laughs> gloom spike. <laughs> <in there. laughs> 
Oh, oh okay. Yeah. All right, okay, right. For for our listeners who can't see this, <laughs> let's just say, let's just say that I I do have a Dominion box um, as well, which I have to thank Games Workshop for sending one to me for free nice. to do promos. On. Hashtag influence um, life. So, I guess I legally have to say that. Hashtag influence life. Um. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's really fun. Um. So my son is he plays he plays Sylvaneth. And he's nine, so he plays. Um, uh, he plays with his little uh, dryads and Dream and ancient and stuff like that, which is really fun. And then we have. Um, uh, we've got. Uh, uh, then we've got. I've got my my tomb kings, but they've been retconned, so I can't really mm. use my tomb kings. Mm. Sadly, like I can, but they're not really. You know, there's like old rules for them, and. And then I've I started some Soul Blight Grave Lords. So I got myself a wonderful nice. miniature called Nagash. Oh nice. Who um I'm working on his base right now, getting his base all up and running using an old ruined tower terrain piece from Warhammer Fantasy, like the old Sigmarite ruined tower, and I'm using a lot of those old like pieces oh, yeah. of masonry and stuff to like that build up his beautiful. base and whatnot. And this is gonna be sort of like a a um a try-hard miniature for me, like Tanya, the War Mistress, is always giving me, being asking me, like, well, what about a try-hard miniature? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Nagash, and I'm going to really take my time to sh like paint him and showcase him. So yes, do I play Age Sigmar? You're Skippy, I do. Also got to play him, got to play him against uh, Matthew from Mini Wargaming. Oh man, That's really cool. I love doing eight. Eight arcane bolts and just like running into something and just being like eight. Oh my god! Ah, oh, so good. So that fun. sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is this is the thing we. <laughs> it's fun, okay. This is it's the thing we've heard about AOS quite a lot recently. Just the fact that uh, essentially my broken stuff beats your broken stuff, so I win. Like his forty-six mortal wounds. Well, it's it's everything dies. Everything dies, okay? Like, AOS is like a game where, like, you can have the toughest, biggest character of Doom, and they're just as squishy in the wrong circumstances, like, the goblins or whatever. Like, you just have to be careful with, like, yeah, if you put them in the wrong matchup, they're just, like, dead. So you have to be careful yeah. who you throw up your... Well, interesting, and, and a and small, small tangent, I guess, but because mm -hmm. you mentioned the Tomb Kings. I actually have a Praetorian army still, but they are... Burn them! Coming. Burn them in protest! Oh, amazing! <laughs> they are coming back, and I, actually, I've, I've, I've did the same. No. I, I actually made a um, AOS um, Soulblight army um, before lockdown. Like, I finished it probably about three weeks before <laughs> lockdown, and then lockdown hit. So I, never I remember got a that. To play it. <laughs> yeah, like uh, me and uh, Alfred, um, uh, Alfred Ferris, we who we've had on before. It, we, we had all these games planned, and then <laughs> COVID. So I actually have had this army for like. I don't know, yeah, like a year and a half now, and I haven't played a game, <laughs> which is not good. But they are, sorry, what I was going to get to was they are getting, they, they announced a while ago about them doing the old world, didn't they? And they had that graphic that said mm. everything comes back around again, even square bases. Um, and uh, yeah, so that can't be that far away now. I know everything's been slowed down by COVID, but we've got to be getting towards that, I imagine. Yeah, they put up some of the they put up some of the missions and stuff, right? Um, like, they, sorry, not the missions, the yeah. maps. Like they did the old maps of the old world or whatever. And I've been playing a lot of Rome Two, mm -hmm. yeah. Rome Two, 
Warhammer 2 Total War. Yeah. And it's, like, just taken me back to, yeah. like, Warhammer. And I'm like, oh, I miss that game. I miss the regiments. Oh, I, I miss the, miss like, the pivoting. pivoting. <laughs> your, your little blocks of infantry and stuff. The pivoting so uh, nothing. It's like, there's something classic to say about, like, old school games like that. You know, I'm going to flank charge you and get all these bonuses and try route you. You know, yeah, it's like crazy. You know, like, could, it's could, just can so you get, fun. like, a one-up save? So if, like, someone didn't have any AP value, like, you just couldn't hurt them. Wasn't that a thing? Well, that's in a age. Of, that's in like Age of Sig. I don't remember back in the day, but back in the day, you needed like magical attacks or something to like get through armor. It was like a power sword <laughs> or something. Anyway, all I remember is that you could like route uh, like an enemy unit, and it would run through another enemy unit and panic another enemy unit and cause them to potentially route. So you could like literally cause a mass route by like routing one enemy unit that uh, then ran okay. through a bunch of enemy units. Oh, and at that point, yes. I think we'll... Yeah. yeah. All right, so... We... Cool. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> Dominion is coming out. So, in case you people hadn't noticed, we may or may not have had some technical difficulties here. We'll rely on our editor to smooth those over. Um, but, yes, moving on. Skari, I guess you, obviously, again, are, are well known for your your role around kind of Drakari and been playing them for a very long time. If we may ask, what is the story of Skari in 40k? How did you get into Warhammer? You know, what What was your sort of, was, was Drakari your first love or did you sort of start with something else and move on to them? And and sort of what what, what has been your journey in the hobby? So this was the beginning. Oh, look at that. I have um, one of those. I am, yeah, yeah. So great, uh, great um, uh, story. I started in third edition where I'm 40,000. So I'm currently holding the third edition rule book. This is not my original third edition rule book. That one's at my parents' place and it's beat up to hell. However, this one's the newer one that I was able to get my hands on. But even looking at this, this was like the original indexes. Third edition had, it was like a remake from second edition. And it had all the the rules for all the armies in the back of the rule book in like a very basic form. Mm. So the first sort of series of indexes wasn't third edition. So I got the starter set, which was Black Templars. Well, Space Marines that were painted as Black Templars. <laughs> versus Dark Eldar. Ooh. And, um, of course, the Dark Eldar in that box were absolute garbage. <laughs> I actually got the, that box as well, rings. and they were garbage. They, it was 20 Cavalite Warriors, right? 20 Cavalite Warriors in that box versus 10 Space Marines and a Land Speeder. So let's just say <laughs> that the 20 Cavalite Warriors lost every time okay well you know um, so i ended up playing it's not like Black gw Templars. to do an unbalanced box i mean you know it's not like they've released <laughs> a box with uh you know ten what is it five heavy intercessors against four flayed one or ten, five flayed ones and a cryptech you know fairly recently yeah that was something like <laughs> that yeah so let's just say no let's just bad say that was the first to say about yeah, games yeah. workshop <laughs> yeah no it's um you know so that was like my first foray into the game itself mm. And um, I ended up uh, inheriting like about a thousand points worth of space marines from a, from like a school friend of mine who didn't really play, and he just had like a you know um, like a Games Workshop case full of old metal marine miniatures. So I was able to make like a two thousand point list um, and go to like uh, go to my local hobby shop and play games back then back in the day. That's kind of where it all started, and I was very, very diehard into the Black Templars, though. Like, ooh, very diehard. Um, and this was back in the back in the day. And then around fourth edition, 
maybe early 5th edition. Um, I decided to, I, I ended up collecting about a thousand points of many different armies, Orcs, Necrons, Chaos, you know, and then I started really working on Dark Eldar. Mm. And the main theme, because my the Black Templars were amazing. I was really good with them. I played them for like ten years. Oh wow! And I just needed something different. And then my everybody in the game group was like, Psh, "Dark Eldar, they suck. You know, nobody plays them. You know." <laughs> and I really, I really liked the appeal of playing a faction that wasn't very popular at all, because Marines were pretty much everywhere at that point because drop pods were brand new. Um, and. Um, and also playing a faction that everybody said was terrible and showing everybody how wrong they were. And I found like twisted pleasure in 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 showing showing people up, essentially. Okay. I guess it was like super fun for me. So I ended up I would go to a tournament with my Black Templars and any of my winnings would go into clearing out the store from all of their old Dark Eldar stock that was just dusty and on the shelves. Nice. And I ended up uh, mm, having a huge fleet of raiders and ravagers and old school witches and so, stuff and Reva jet bikes. What I'm hearing here, basically, is that you started Drukari out of spite for Spread everyone Drukari. who'd ever right. doubted you. <laughs> very That's much great. so. I love it. And, uh, and it's a very, I guess it's a very pure way of starting the Dark Eldar. If there's any reason you're going to start Drukari is because you want to, you know, tell people off and show them, you know, how how wrong they are. Yeah. And uh, and then ended up just building up, and then eventually they redid the whole uh, the whole the whole the whole series of models and whatnot. You know, Phil Kelly kind of really worked on that codex, and mm. so I ended up selling all my old models to fund my new collection, mm. which ended up uh, yeah, which I ended up. See, I, since then, so a lot of the stuff I have now is from back then, like ten years ago. Is that depressing though? Because I, I, it's almost like the same thing that's happened with Primaris. Like a whole range refresh means that, like, yeah, everything like you have to rebuy an entire army. Like, were you okay with that, or is like, oh, like, yeah, oh my god, new stuff, this is amazing, or like, oh god, okay, I guess I have to do this if I if I want to, you know. No, no, I was, it was, oh my god, amazing new stuff. Like, look at these raiders and these like this new ravager and these hellions and, like, I got the giant mega army box that was like, they did it a limited release on like the 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 holidays for that season, like the Christmas for that season, and it was like. Up. It was like a three hundred dollar box, but it had like everything I was gonna need. And literally, my army was that box. And I learned how to play with like one of everything because I just had one of everything. And I just got really good at like playing mixed armies instead of like focusing. So it forced me to learn the Coven, the Witch Cult, the Cabal all together in like one oh, thing. As, as you... And then because of that, now I like I can play the mixes. Really so well. as you were punishing the uh, the monkey. Um... Did, did, was it a very do you, because it's, because it is a kind of a different edition do you find that you can be good at one edition and struggle in the next or is it do you find that it's basically the same game between over the years uh, you have to understand what concepts have to switch you know it they, the game does change um, the biggest thing is it'll test your adaptability from edition to edition. So I feel a lot of people who are struggling in ninth edition, for example, are having a hard time coming off of eighth mm. 
in the sense that like the way that scoring happened and things like that and they're still in sort of like an eighth edition mentality of scoring points and trying to just kill the enemy to win whereas ninth edition is a lot more than just that right um and so it can be hard to go from one to another. However, the more you go from edition to edition, the more practice you have, the easier it'll be as time goes. Mm. Right. That does yeah. make sense. I was going to say, because uh, I know when we, we spoke to, um, talking about like the old uh, the old Drakari models, when we spoke to uh, JT from um, uh, from PlayOn, like, he was saying he's got... Um, you know, a lot of the old because he was a big Drakari player as well. He's got a lot of the old uh, one of the old Drakari raiders with like the really old-fashioned shock prow on the front, and he still uses that in mm-hmm. all his games because he just absolutely loves it. Is there anything, you know, from when they've when they've refreshed the usage? Obviously, very excited about new models, but was there anything where it's sort of dropped out of usage, which you've actually been like, I wish they'd kept that. I wish I wish they kept the Archon on a jet bike. I think that's like probably my biggest pet peeve is they took away the mount options mm. basically for my interesting and uh and the archon on a jet bike was like an iconic and terrifying unit he was like a little demon prince on a jet bike like he just ran around like murdering everything See, and he was one of my favorite that's really favorite cool. units. i find it really interesting actually that you've gone straight for that and not the vect model because like I would have thought the Vect model would have been like the thing you'd be like, oh my god, bring it back. Well, Vect model was great, but even back then he wasn't like, like the model is cool. I have one. I painted one up. You know, I, I own him, and he's like looks amazing. But it's like other than like being able to use him on foot for a limited amount of time when Phil Kelly redid the Codex before they sort of like started taking away all the models that didn't have mm. rules, sort of thing. Um, or the sorry, all the rules for models that didn't have models, right? After the chapter house mm-hmm. stuff. So, you know, we have, um, you know, it's it's more of the it's more of the that mechanic of being able to run your archon on a jet bike is like that would have been really cool to have in yeah. many editions since then. Plus, it was like a really cool conversion opportunity. That and the fact that they used to be able to take like combat drugs, <laughs> the Archons could. Now you can do that in you can do that in Crusade. You know, like pay for combat drugs in Crusade, which is one of the reasons I really enjoy playing Crusade. Is you get to try all the cool like stuff that you would normally not try. But um, like you could literally, it was a hundred points or so on a jet bike, and he could wipe out a squad of Space Marines by himself. Kind of like what the Succubus does nowadays. But like he was on a jet bike, so like. Yeah, cool definitely. I mean, you can, we we can still get the because like on the on the Crawford Adari side, they still have a they still have an Autark, don't they? On a uh, like an Autark Skyrunner, isn't it? Or is it, they got rid of that now? No. Oh, Farsi yeah. Skyrunner. Autark. Oh, the have wings. The... Yeah, yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Wait, that yeah, got legends though, didn't it? No. Well, they no, they brought it back now, haven't they? They they said they can have different weapons options. Well, yeah, because you've got they they sell the different models, so the different loadouts and is like the the different models that they sell. Oh yeah, no. Right? So like the Autark with wings has like a fusion pistol and a power sword, and that's like the loadout that you need to buy if you. Oh, want that'd to be cool. Yeah, Codex. I haven't played with my Eldar in a very long time, so I I always forget like what Eldar. I've got about fifteen hundred points of the Craft Worlds, and I always forget like what loadout I've given them. But yeah, the um, the I was gonna say the, the interesting, I guess, a lore question from my side actually talking about the the Titan thing. Do, do the Dark Eldar in the lore have access to um, Eldari Titans? Then, like, 
no, in the lore, they literally get wraith constructs and torture <laughs> right, the wraith right. construct soul stones, and then they create like they basically Vect has like an army of wraith guard, but like they're tortured wraith guard and like modified by the homunculi to like be like crazy mm. pain machines. <laughs> so it's like the souls of the Eldar are tortured in their soul stones and right. then sent into a craze right. and then like unleashed on the enemy, oh basically. My God. So, yes, they have access to like... <laughs> the Dark Eldar are not exactly yeah. like, the nicest. I hadn't oh, gathered yes, that from the wind chime yeah. incident. Jesus. <laughs> so we're calling it now, the wind chime incident. We are absolutely calling the it that. The wind chime incident. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Yeah. So they, they, do, they do have access to them like in the lore. They just, it's not like... You know, a lot of the times they just they just cook mm. something up for the arena. They'll be like, and today, Lilith Hesperax will be fighting this Wraith Lord that we captured from Crothworld Yondon. <laughs> We've tortured him and made him crazy. Good luck, Lilith. You know, wow. like that sort of thing. So they'll like, and they'll just be for their entertainment. Well, this is a good question. <laughs> what do you what do you think about the new Lilith model? I like it. She's a, she's like an yeah, MMA yeah. fighter. You know what I mean? Like. What are you, she's ripped. She's yeah, gonna yeah, kick the shit out yeah. of you. Like, just, I, like, you no, know, she doesn't. Like, I got, I have, I've seen all three. I've seen the development of the model. You know, but stop body shaming like the models. Come on, it's, just get over yourselves. Like just yeah. like, just paint it. It's a cool model. Whatever. Yeah. She's like a gladiator. Like she's, the, she just runs into the arena and like beats the shit out of this stuff. Is, like, I, I, see, I, I think this is whatever. this is like something that comes up with the sisters as well. Like the that that sort of criticism of like, oh, you know, and and you know, to be honest, it is it is quite a like gendered thing. It is kind of a case of like if it's a female model, like oh, she's you know, she's not like she's not pretty in the eyes of something and it's like like you say she's a gladiator in an arena in the set like i remember yeah. when the new repenture came out and there was a sort of a small subset of people that were complaining because they they got more clothes on than like the old school sculpts <laughs> and it's like they're fanatical yeah. warrior nuns who like run around getting scarred and you know running around their flamers and stuff like they're not like you know a beauty pageant contestant right if you want to have them as that then you crack on that's fine but like it's not a fair criticism of like these absolutely awesome sculpts and i think like lenith is a great example of a really actually a really yeah. cool sculpt and the, the pose she's in as well like with the kind of very dynamic posing i think it looks awesome mm. i will say actually the only thing i prefer the pose of the new model i i actually prefer the face of the old one just because um, it had this sort of like superiority to it, like that sort of superior look. <laughs> oh, like, like, sort of like I'm going to kill you. Yeah, just like you have no chance against me. How dare you even think so? Like that—that's the kind of vibe I was getting off that. I'm not scarred. Nobody can yeah. even touch. Yeah, literally this. that. Yeah, exactly. However, yeah, exactly. that's what conversion. Yeah, that's true. Like, it's it's your hobby. You know what I mean? Like, you need to kit bash or convert. Like, do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, the beautiful might. thing about this hobby. You can literally go. I like that face, and I like that pose. Uh, I'm just going to combine that's the true. two. Boom! I instantly am made famous yeah, in the conclave actually for for my conversions. So uh, yeah, I might, have to, <laughs> might have to do that, this. That one head swap. That one head swap. You, I mean, I, I single like head swap. So my. You know, currently on the painting desk, my Archon, this guy, uh, my sort of succubus. So he's uh, obviously the um, the Vizark, the Vizark model with some yeah. with some horns from some Zangor mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and some bits yep. from the Incubi, as well as a sort of skull that he's got that's sort of on. It's hard to see on camera, but it's on fire. Um, the Gene Stealer cult um, body went towards oh, the succubus. Wow. 
um, with some bits from Yvrain as well. Uh, and my homunculus is a uh, is actually from nice. um, I was going to say Blackstone Fortress, not Blackstone Fortress. It's Curse City because it's the dude with oh. the um, the with again with some Gene Steeler cult sort of bits to make him look a bit more like a sort of doctor. Did you um, buy so, yeah, a biophagus um, to make that model? Get the no, I had no. I found no. I just got the bits. I found oh, some right. some place selling the bits, so I got myself the the staff, and uh, yeah, the rest of it is all bits from the the rack kit actually to give him the extra arms and the spinal sump and everything. Um, so so yeah, Sandman just then was just like, "How dare you I cannibalize say, my kits army?" Are amazing. The Talos, <laughs> the racks. They're so good. Sorry, I cut you off, Scary. That's all good. I said the the racks and like the rack kits and that sort of thing. They're just fantastic, like bits, especially for conversions. I just want to say like it's really cool to have like a company that gives you so many cool options. Although I'm, uh, you know, I I rarely have time to like sit down and convert nowadays. I do miss just being able to sit down and go through my bits boxes and just like just come up with some cool concoctions yeah. for yeah, stuff. Yeah, it is it is it is good when you just get like again just any any box that has a profusion of spare parts in it like always and i guess you know if anyone listening is is new relatively new to the hobby get yourself a little baggie or a little box or something keep all of that you know we all talk about our bits boxes because there will come a point when you're just like right i want to glue some i want to build some wackadoo thing you know mm. oh I, I got some you know i got some oh it's something vaguely machine related for my i don't know iron warriors oh i'll delve through my admec bits you know something like that so it's a really good opportunity yeah. to make sure you hang on to those yeah. unless you're a quipster in which case don't bother because you will never build anything that's uh <laughs> Well, you know. <laughs> saying this, saying this, I was—I actually looked at my bits box the other day, and I've still got the Tupperware thing that I looked at your bits I know, it's box. Crazy, right? Oh my goodness! But I, I just looked at it, and I was just, it just to see what there is, and it's my <laughs> oldest one disgusting. from uh, <laughs> yeah, just like bits. Oh, I'm never gonna need that. But uh, no, it's—it was the bits box I had from like third edition when I first got back into the hobby, and mm. I hadn't realised. There's a full Imperator Titan in there, like from the old uh, version of Epic. Oh right, <laughs> I, I, thought were, I thought you were going to say not like right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a bit a bit skip that you've got, just like yeah. filled with. But yeah, so I've got one of those, and uh, and, and there's a land speeder in there as well. And I was just like, I should do something with this. So. Yeah, you can expect uh, me making that video in 2047 when I finish this Black <laughs> Templar tutorial. Well, well, do you know what? On on that, talking about the the specialist games, if I may, Scar, on, on a slight tangent, mm-hmm. I know that you have been doing a fair yeah. bit of Battlefleet Gothic yeah. uh, over on Scarcast really? as well with with the Dark Eldar Ooh. fleet. Uh, what what got you into? How, how have you? Is it is it like oh, a, I've had, a recent I've sort had of acquisition, or is that something you used to play back in the day yeah. and have sort of got back 15. into? 15 to 18 years or so um so it's like even back then it was considered like an archaic Mm. game almost like it wasn't really supported at all but i mean you know i have i've owned blackstone blackstone fortress battlefleet gothic stuff i even own a blackstone fortress for battlefleet gothic which is like a full model um but yeah no i have a black templar fleet so i've got like a a big battle barge some strike cruisers some gladius like frigates and some some little hunters and stuff. I have a whole Chaos fleet and an Imperial fleet and some Orc ships and a whole Dark Eldar fleet. And I enjoy Battlefleet Gothic. It is a really fun change of pace in the same, like, 40k universe. It also helps that, um, you know, I've had, like, 
over the years, I've had good chats with Andy Chambers, and he's come onto my show a few times. Another name drop, you know, big big name in like the like, oh, wow. <laughs> big name in like the the 40k universe, <laughs> as well as like StarCraft Two, mm. for example, he's like the head producer, like the narrative leader in StarCraft Two, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. Was so and you know, so he's like he's like a legend oh, for damn. Like, okay, you know, people who like play tabletop games and even computer games. And he and he like he he basically created Battlefield. Yeah, that's Gothic, a proper right? like, name. He was drop. literally the person who created <laughs> Battlefield Gothic. And so it's really funny because I'll send him a picture of me playing and he'll send me a message back being like you filthy pirate because I'm playing my Dark Elder. Um, <laughs> which is great, but I love it. It's a great change of pace. I do, I do recommend if you want to play Battlefield Gothic though, don't use the like core rules because they're really busted. Use uh, the XR rules, which is like a community-driven like rule set that balances the game and brings like oh. all the factions, adds new ships and stuff, yeah. brings the game back. And with the advent of 3D printing, like Battlefield Gothic, because it's not a supported game, like you can't. Like, it's not a supported game by Games Workshop or Specialist Games or Forge World anymore, yeah. which means, like, find yourself some CADs, like, print yourself some really cool ships, and, like, you can play the game and have, like, really cool custom ships, like, all, like, 3D printed that look amazing, and then use that, like, template as a, as a, as a, as a source to, like, have a couple of hours of game time. It's really fun. Yeah. There's a, there's a guy there's a guy based in I think he's based in the UK actually called who runs an account called Battlefleet Galaxy uh, on Instagram uh, who 3D prints and makes like Battlefleet Gothic uh, style mostly Imperial at the moment but I think he started doing some Admech stuff as well um, and I just keep seeing them come up on my Instagram obviously followed him and they just look really cool and every time I see them I'm like oh is this going to get me into Battlefleet Gothic so yeah no good to know there's still a, a good <laughs> nice. developing rule set as well. Because I'd love I mean, to see a campaign where you do you do the space well, battle, then you do the rules planetary for that. battle. You know, you, you, have, you can have like a... Yeah. There are rules right. for every Absolutely. point you gain in a planetary assault battle. It's how many points you play in a 40k game when you get to the surface. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. That's cool. I've got a lot of time so, for that. You can... You, but you know what? There we go. That gives us an idea, right? So we can... Uh, Alex, you can get together a, an Imperial Fist... Uh, slash Imperial Navy fleet will have to knock together a Chaos fleet and you can finally test out your ability as the true son of Dawn with those Imperial Fists <laughs> of yours uh, defending Terra from the predations of the Warmaster <laughs> and Chaos that would be awesome that would be amazing I mean while we're talking about specialist games as well like Scary, I don't know about you but one of the things I've really been looking mm -hmm. at recently is um, Titanicus like oh my god God, I'm actually—I forgot to say in my hobby progress—I'm currently reading um, the book *Titanicus* by Dan Abnett, and very—it's very interesting. I've previously not really given that much of a shit about Titans, even though like I like the look of them and stuff. But *Titanicus* as a game, those models are just drawing me in. Like, if I guys, if I started playing, like, if I got some like Warlord Titans, would you guys join me? I'll give it a go. I'm always up for rolling dice, mate. Excellent. Ed, what are you thinking? Well, with all of the specialist games, it, it, it will kind of... It's always friend-dependent with me. Yeah. Like, like I, I'm not against any of them, but it depends on if you guys <laughs> jumped in head except, first. Except Gorka um, Morka. That can go yeah. straight in the bit, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, 
Yes, that's Stupid the thing. If, if you guys get, if you guys got big into something, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'd be quite likely to get into it. Like, um, uh, like AJ's playing a lot of um, Marvel, uh, Marvel Crisis Protocol. He's a big fan of that, and so it's like if people get into stuff, I'll get into it. But I, I, yeah, I, I find myself spending so much time on 40k. Sometimes I wonder how people spend. How people do all of these different I have painted a few Titanic models, so I enjoy true. the painting aspect. I haven't yeah. actually played a game yet. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it was very, very cool looking. I was just going to say that War Master Titan when it came out, like the latest one, I was just like, oh my god, that looks He's good. a chunky boy, isn't he? He's a oh, big yeah. lad. <laughs> isn't he like. Isn't he like He's about like like you know I'm doing hands. Yeah, he's, see he's the size he's of like, a Telemon like, Dread. He's yay big. Bigger even. Yeah. He's yay big. Yeah, yeah. yay big. Yeah, size yeah, of a Telemon. That is a that is a chunky Titan. Um, mm. But yeah, no. So I guess in terms of next question for you, Scary. Obviously, we've had the Trikari. You know, you said you've obviously been playing them for a very long time, very experienced with them, and have have sort of gained a lot of skills by virtue of playing them for that long. And obviously, with the new codex came came out, I assume was a, a big moment of joy uh, in in your in your world um, to see the Drakari really getting like some really you know very just very good rule set and some nice sort of thematic rules as well. Um, I mean, is there anything that you sort of have out of the codex that you would have changed or have done differently, or anything that you you would like to see maybe in a in like a future um, you know B book of rust style thing like um, a supplement? Well, anything you'd like to, to see fair, added or amended? I think the, with the release of the new codex, yes, I was amazingly happy. It was nice to see the book like get the love that I feel it deserves for the faction. However, my it was like my worst fear come true, where the book was really good, which um, just mm. kind of. You know, alienate some people from wanting to play against it and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because they're like, oh, it's too good or whatever. And so when you have been playing it yeah. for so long, you're like, I just kind of wish it wasn't that good so that people weren't as, like, like apprehensive to, say, fight it <laughs> or, you know, or, like, judgmental when it comes to, like, the fact that I've been playing about it. Yeah. There's nothing worse than yeah. when someone draws oh, you. No. Or, like, you're go, playing oh, and you're like, you know... As soon as they see you. you know, like, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's like... No matter how hard you've been practicing or testing a list or whatnot, it comes down to, oh, you just won because it's a new book or whatever. Be like, fuck no. Like, I, so part of my language. Be like, I literally, you know, like, I've been playing forever and I, <laughs> I outmatched you. Like, the fact that I have a new codex, yes, that has an impact, but, like, you deploy terribly and I just took advantage of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not. Anyway. As for what I would change, I really, really like the what they did with the witch cults. However, if I would change it, I would have... Like, the detachments and list building and, like, who your warlord is and what relics they can take. And there's a lot of little ambiguity things with, like, a whole bunch of the wording and the rules. I wish it was just, like, very clear. Like, this is a very clear rule. You can only take mm. this if your warlord is this. Or, you know, this is what a real space raider is, and you can only do it with a battalion or whatever. Like, there's just a lot of options, but it's, like, super confusing. Because the way it's written, you can, like, take a cabal unit in a witch cult, you know, detachment, and then that cabal unit doesn't get its obsession, but it's still a cabal unit, and the witch cults are still a witch cult. So you can, like, mix and match in the same detachments, and it's, like, it's stated in, like, a little sentence, or, like, in a paragraph, mm. but it's not clearly stated. So, like, 
when I go to a when I go to an event and I go, this is my patrol of Cult of Strife, and this is my patrol of Poison Tongue. But the Cult of Strife patrol has my third Void Raven bomber in it, but it's a Poison Tongue Void Raven bomber, right? That's allowed. It's legal, but it confuses people, and they're mm. like, "What do you mean?" And then you have to like take five minutes to explain. Yeah, that's yeah. possible. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I guess it's like the the other the other classic one is is with different. Um, you know, you're able to put witches in a, for example, yeah. in a um, a raider a that's in keyword. a different detachment. Yeah. That's a, you know that has has your that has your. Um, yeah, different keyword. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I was going to say you're, you, when I was you know someone who, who obviously you know, has been sort of knocking about with with sort of slowly putting together Drakari as well. It was interesting to see your thoughts on the the different sort of your your preferences in the rules. And, and one of the things I quite liked was you know a time when a lot of people were really heavily leaning into that that dark technomancers. Um, sort of meta as it were for the the um homunculus mm-hmm. covens you mm-hmm. were very much about the leadership shenanigans Ooga it seemed like the the Ooga booga homunculus um mm-hmm. wh- yeah what, what what was it did you were you sort of drawn to that just from a kind of you know this is the kind of way i like to play and just kind of lean into that theme about well, it was more you know, being it was scary more of a sort of uh, based leadership on power. what i feel was like um what i feel is something that can be an issue for dark elder which is large objective secured units Right, because you know, especially nowadays, you're seeing mm. like big objective secured, I don't know, Skitari Vanguard units. You're seeing like back in the day, it, the, it was based mostly around big Necron warrior blobs that were double obsec, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, um, and so it was for that. Now, of course, when practice, you can just send a bunch of witches into them and they just all die, right? Which is just something that I didn't know at the time. But, like, you can't really do that with, like, a beefed-up Lucius Ranger Vanguard unit. So, like, that ability to take objective secured away from a large unit of, of models then really helps you hold an objective with one witch that survived the combat or whatever that then subsequently holds you in combat and prevents you from mm. falling back mm. or whatever the, the case may be in that sense so like you know the synergy of I'm looking at synergistically trying to win the mission and so I prioritize abilities that kind of help me win the mission and make it easier for me to win the mission where I get more points than you basically yeah and are you on on I guess on the on the cabal side? Are you are you a fan of you know because obviously but I think Black Heart has been the predominant uh, cabal that people are taking. So it's, it's just very seems to be very good. You know, it gives you the bonus on your um, uh, power through power from pain um, table as well. But do you are you a poison big fan of like Poison Tongue? Some of the other ones you mentioned earlier. For one hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Nice. Is that because in the in the law was that is that Lady uh, Malice who was Poison Tongue? She's the she was the the Archon who was kind of because I just I remember I do not I remember about the it and they, they, they were saying that she was like one of the old I, ones. I I don't like I don't remember that the the biggest ah, right. reason was just because gameplay wise they have the redeploy which I think is massively powerful in right. in competitive yeah. play. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's why like Lucius are doing so well, right? Because they've got that solar flare thing for the Admech. Uh, talking yeah, about Lady Malice, <laughs> just talking about Lady Malice, actually, wasn't she one of the the original Dark Eldar uh, like characters that all of a sudden 
uh, in what from like seventh to eighth or sixth to seventh, just like yes, you um, couldn't have her anymore because you had to like old school dark elder codex. This is what the remake that they made, like Phil Kelly, this is like when they redid the whole thing. Original Super Codex here. This is like 5th edition. That's like 5th edition. And this is where it had all of the really cool characters, like the Decapitator and stuff. Which I feel is like a Mandrake character. Tot huh? That the Decapitator. Credul, Credulac. That can't be Decapitator. He's a hero, hero, oh, why, hero why, mandrake. Why? His name is yeah. Mm -hmm. The mandrake That's known as decapitator. He's <laughs> a figure of stark terror. <laughs> he will neatly sever the head of his chosen with his long, sharp blade, and following a cursory inspection of his prize, disappear back to the catacombs where he makes his lair. <laughs> <laughs> and his wind chimes. How, yes, how, exactly. how, how to get ahead in life. Um, we're talking about Lady Malice. Um, okay. Oh my god. Lady Malice. <laughs> oh, come on, that was a good pun. Uh, Lady Malice <laughs> is the only Archon who's proven to match Vect's soaring intellect. Um, and she is Cabal of the... I don't remember. Mm. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Yeah, Poison, poison Tongue. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Oh, right. You are right. Yeah. Right, okay. I mean, this this whole thing about going on a slightly more like law based note. This whole thing about the way that Jukari society operates kind of fascinates me, because as far as I understand, it's essentially the same kind of system um, that like the Italian mafia, like if that was a government, would mm -hmm. kind of use. If yeah, that it's makes very sense. much. It's very. It was. Well, I is, think is it's a correct? mixture of like all the. It's like a mixture of like gangs, um, organized crime. You know, like it's it's just like a mixture of all these different styles of like group organization. That's like clandestine group organization, but they're very structured. Mm. And they're very fear based and like you know like you know uh, station based in that sense, where like your reputation is everything, sort of thing, right? And it's. And uh, and so it, like it does mirror that a lot. It's like uh, it's like what oh, is God. it like the, the the Medici meets you know pirates yeah. meets the Sopranos, you know <laughs> uh, meets the Borgias like that kind space. of. I love it. Yeah, that kind of like mixes you say scary of like the 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 gang the pirate sort of raiding party, but also the nobility as well, which is really cool. It's like a really cool. Um, it's a really it's a really like interesting way to have a faction i think that's that is like as you say the, the path of the archon books are a really good like intro mm -hmm. into how that all works as well but i've not read jane's are so with your recommendation earlier i'd definitely take mm -hmm. that on board yeah, and give that give cool. that a read at some point i'm and definitely for, gonna read that for too Jukari law because one of the things that doesn't happen very much but we have seen a bit of in, in recent years is advancement in in law for certain factions and i guess you know jukari mm -hmm. are of course part of it inari um but is there because I, I think I remember reading something at some point that some of the gates in Komara were being breached over time. Mm -hmm. Demons were coming through. Is is there much? Not mm. not necessarily just in that respect, but just generally, is there much um, scope? Do you think for Games Workshop? Well, to advance yeah, they, they have advanced it since then. You know, they've kind of explored a lot of the different things that happen. Uh, as for the you know the the breaches from like warp into real space like into the into the dark city they are not uncommon 
they do happen and they have happened. So it's just the next one, basically, that just happened. And then usually VEC just closes off those areas and, and they just kind of quarantine them or whatever. Um, but yeah, they've, you know, it's, yeah, the thing about the Dark Eldar is there's such a, like a spanning civilization. They're actually massive. Like there's, they, they're like a, a colony of ants. There's just so many of them. They're not like, they're not like craft world. So you can literally do a whole bunch with the lore and not really worry about them going extinct. Like other, like craft world where you're like, half a Bieltan got destroyed by, <laughs> you know, like an Ari or whatever. And I'm like, holy moly. Like, that's, like, a lot more of an impact than a little bit <laughs> yeah. of demons, like, in Comora. We have a, we have a good right. friend of ours, uh, Charles, who's a massive craft world player, and I do like to remind him now and again that in many ways the Dark Eldar are the true inheritors of the ways of the Eldari, much more than the craft world with their, their monk nonsense where they go off and be all ascetic and <laughs> control their emotions. Nah, it's all about crazy parties and raiding and you know, generally avoiding yeah. getting eaten by sheep. There's this part. There's this part in <laughs> Jane's as well. Where they're remembering, okay. they're, like Jane's as remembering the time of the fall, like before the fall happened, where they're like, they're in the arena. She's like a gladiator in the arena, basically. Jane's are originally blood, part of the blood games, and they like, and Azerman. They have this flashback where Azerman is sitting at one of the games, and this is before they became blood games, where they were still like just. A sports a sport game where they're like discussing how you know ever since they included the rule where you can beat the shit out of the person with the ball it's been a lot more exciting you know <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> they're like and now they've introduced they've it's just like introduced which. knives to the equation that's even more exciting so it's like you know like <laughs> like slowly like it's just degenerating wildly. into like you can tell like oh it's a sport and they're like, yeah, we don't even remember why there's a ball in this game. That was just like, just like, <laughs> that was just twenty yeah, people murdering field. each other. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, okay, so I guess it was like a slow decay into like what they became, basically. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you add knives, it like makes that situation go from like a casual ball game to like not a casual ball game <laughs> real quick. Yeah. It's, I don't know because I'd, I'd like to I'd like to see more of that actually I'd like to see an exploration like in at some point if Black, I don't know if Black Library would ever do it but like if they went back and did a bit more about the fall and about the the mm. sort of the, the circumstances leading up to the fall because we have a few details of it but it would be really interesting just to see that like I just like you know the, the, the little I know of it is just that the Dark Eldar effectively started because you know in the same way that the the what became the craft world is sort of saw what was coming and had you know decided to get on the craft worlds and the exodites had gone off to you know hang out with dinosaurs and knock about um on the edge of the galaxy being sort of all very um you know eco-friendly and living among nature um the dark eldar had sort of gone oh we want to carry on our nasty horrible practices but something's you know gonna so it seems like something might happen here. So I'm going to gently squirrel all my stuff away in the in the ports of the webway, like Comora, and just kind of have my little estate there. So that if anything happens, I can you know quickly dive in there. And uh, yeah, it turned out they were right to do that. In yeah, the end. I don't think they exactly um, planned know, they for the fall. The murder they were like, uh, so this yeah, is a yeah. pirate like port city, right? So think of like the old pirate port cities of the Caribbean. You know what I mean? Like back where they you know, like Port Prince or whatever it was, whatever they called it. Um, and it was like, 
Okay, great. So, by the way, I'm not I'm not historically accurate on that. Don't just please, you know, make a comment of like what the actual pirate cities were. <laughs> um, and then be like, someone underneath is like, here is a yeah, full yeah, list yeah. of all the all the pirate cities of the of the 17th yeah, yeah. century. Thank and, you very um, much. <laughs> everything in this podcast is historically accurate. <laughs> Come at us. Well, it's alright, Scary. What we'll do, we'll just we'll we'll, we'll record. We'll, we'll, we'll when we find out what they are, we'll just record. We'll get you to record some individual things, and we can just cut it. So you're just like, yeah, pirate cities like yeah, X yeah, place. Yeah, you know, like just cut, cut it, it right over in. the top, really 100%. badly dumped. I like that. I'll, I'll totally, I'll totally film that up for you. So, um, and they basically just got lucky that, like, you know, they were in the webway when Slanesh kind of burst into into the warp, and like the Ayatera happened where like most of the souls of the Eldar were instantly consumed and they were like in their little like sheltered realm, you know? And then mm. they, they they survived most of the like the initial impact of it basically and then eventually just had like the insatiable hunger of like Slanesh still sucking on their soul essence and then them having to like torture other creatures in order to rejuvenate their the leeching that's constantly happening. Yeah, very, very much sort of quite vampiric mm-hmm. in that respect. I feel sorry for I feel sorry for the guys who were sort of sat on the other side of the webway when that happened, and then just somebody wanders through like all you know covered in blood and just generally they're just like you're right, you're right, you're right, Steve. And he's like, no, civilizations ended. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess we're not going to see Grandma. Um... <laughs> That's right. As you were going to say something. I was just gonna say. Oh no! I was gonna make a. Uh, I was gonna say it was my uh, favorite of the children's stories. Um, but uh, what yeah, the fall? Was... <laughs> the yeah. fall of the Eldari. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, well, look. On that note, having discussed Dracarian and sort of talked about some of their more um, competitive options in them as well. Um, and Scurry, you mentioned earlier that you are going to be going to uh, as things open up, and I think as we all are, you know, looking to head to get involved in more events and get involved in more tournaments. Um, do you have, as somebody who is, you know, certainly experienced at going to large events um, and you know, and LVO, you know, one of the largest in the world. What, what are your sort of top tips for people who are going to a tournament for the first time? Because I think certainly I've seen, you know, here in, in London, there are a lot of new people who've got into the hobby and a lot of them want to get into that tournament scene. So what, what are your sort of suggestions, tips, things to remember, um, you know, for people who are going off to, uh, to tournaments? So the first thing you need to do uh, is in order to go to your first event, you need to get your ticket and show up. I think that's like the biggest thing that people that I like to remind people, you know, um, to do. And this is something that, you know, um, like, for example, I've spoken a lot with people like Tanya Gates, the War Mistress, things like that, where, you know, it's it's not overly complicated to become a person that goes to tournaments. You know, like if you want to go to tournament, just pick a tournament, buy a ticket, show up on the day in terms of. what your expectations are, I think that's where you can kind of be a little bit more like understanding of what your the thought process is when you do go to a tournament for the first time. Like if it's the first time going to a tournament, like I definitely wouldn't go there being like, I'm gonna win this tournament. You know what I mean? Like that's that's you know, like unless you have experience, like it's not exactly a very realistic goal. So you should go there with like a different sort of mentality, one to go meet people, have fun, get to know the community. And, and 
ultimately play five or six or three to six games over the course of a weekend in a single sitting, which I think is probably the most important thing. So it's a great test for your list. You get to see what other people are doing in the meta. Um, and it's about not taking it too seriously, especially if it's your first time. Just go and roll some dice and then meet some people, get hooked, and then go to the next one, and then go to the next one, and then go to, you know what I mean? And that's, that's the important part. Nice, yeah. Okay. I think bring a tray is my only, my only addition to that, bring a tray. <laughs> well, yeah, game, game aids have... and stuff like that, like you definitely wanna have game aids yeah. and a, like, a, 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 like transporting your army, and that's all part of that. But in terms of going to your first event, just go to your first event. You know what I mean? Like, don't, yeah. like a lot of people are scared. Like, I don't know the rules well enough. I don't want to be a burden to my opponent. I don't want to be having to look through my book or whatever. Like, most people don't care. They just want you to have a good time. And if you're playing an experienced player on that first couple of rounds, they'll more than likely help you. They'll, they'll know the rules better than you do, and they'll tell you what you need to do. And you can be like, and you don't have to, they, it's not a burden to them. It's more like a, yeah, you know, it's, you're not going to be a burden, and I think that's an important thing to remember. I think a really good example of that actually is uh, Rich Reza on this podcast. I think his third ever game of Warhammer was at the the Fun and Fluff competition in London. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and yeah, he, he had a great time and he smashed it. Yeah, no, it's. I don't even think there is that. You know, just like as you say, Scott, it sounds like a sounds like a very basic thing but actually just you know get, getting on and actually going in and, and just doing it and throwing yourself into it is probably the best the best approach um to sort of just get the experience um and yeah not the, the whole because i mean i've i've certainly had that i mean i wouldn't call myself a particularly experienced player but I'm, i wouldn't say i'm new either but like yeah the whole thing of like being a burden on your opponent is always something that hovers at the back of my mind you know about like will i forget rules and will i you know make mistakes um and it's just about kind of overcoming that fear i guess and being able to just go you know what let's roll some dice yeah exactly yeah but we've yeah, got we've got I a bunch agree. coming up i mean we I, I know you mentioned that um you know, you've got you've got some big events coming up in the UK. We've got they've got a, a new a new tournament circuit which is opening, and so we signed up for our first team tournament as well, Ooh, which is going to be going to be an interesting experience. Team tournaments um, are my you, favorite oh, yeah. way to play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? you, have, I mean, have you, yeah, I was going to say, what's 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 your draw on team tournaments? Well, being a member of Team Canada, WTC well, Team yeah. Canada. <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, is about that level, I think. What? Sorry. Oh, uh, yeah. Our we're, conclave team will be about the same level as that. I'm absolutely. Yeah, we're just a bunch of scrubs <laughs> here in Canada. We wrestle mooses and drink too much maple syrup. It's how this works. Well, <laughs> to be fair, actually, in uh, the name drop uh, fireside chat I did with Jim Vessel, um, he did say that you know the level of European competition is is very high compared to the Americas. Yeah. Yeah. Them, no. Them's fighting words. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. You're just trying to stir things up, Cripster. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I, do, I do find that. They, I think what happens is, because I've seen, I've heard this before from like American uh, content creators where they say, oh yeah, Europeans play at a much higher level. I don't think that's true. I just think if you go to America from the, from the UK or you come to the UK from America, you're going for a tournament. So you're going to play competitive <laughs> games. But obviously in the UK, like very few people very few people play tournaments um, in the, the grand scheme of people Whoa. that play Warhammer. 
saying this, yeah. even in the, the now unreleased Jim Vessel episode of the Fireside Chat, which I'm really plugging hard right plugging. now. You're doing a lot of work on it. It's good. But yeah, no, even he said, like, yeah, just the average level of uh, 40k players in Europe just seems to be higher. Like, uh, Scary, is that something that you've, you've seen as well? Yeah, going to my first WTC, um, you know, before it became the, sorry, the ETC, before it became the WTC, I was definitely humbled by the, you know, you think you're the big shit, and then you show up and you play people who are way more dedicated at the game than you are. In terms of competitive play, I feel if you're a competitive player, yes, they, I think, and I don't think it's necessarily, like, skill set, like, skill set, everybody's, like, you know, it's it's not as big of a disparity as you might think, but I think that there's a philosophy of the game, which in, in like, a European setting, like, terrain, and the way you play the game, and how you score points, is different than, like, the, um, like the North American mentality, where the North American mentality all the time was like, I'm just going to try and build a list that crushes my opponent, and just wins by, like, killing you. Whereas, like, when we came to Europe, a lot of them were, I'm going to win by scoring my points, killing you, and then just stopping you from scoring your points, rather than, like, so it was, like, so a lot of people have that, like, hit a wall when they play someone like that, because, like, a, a WTC or ETC player wouldn't, like, deploy on the line and, like, I'm going to go first and rush you. Like, they'll hide everything, and then you're, like, I can't shoot anything. Right, because you're literally hiding behind all these walls and in this terrain and like being really defensive and you're just getting enough points to win the game, right? Mm. Or like stop me from scoring. And so it's that mentality shift that's different. Not necessarily the skill level's different, it's just it's there's a whole philosophy of how to play the game that changes and it can be a bit of a culture shock because of the way the game is played, more than like the skill set, right, in that sense. Yeah, I, I, and I did air quotation marks when I said skill set. <laughs> yeah. no, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Because I think like we we've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast as well, and and sort of one of like for me again, I, and I I do not call myself a particularly experienced player. I'm certainly not like you know a master of anything competitive at all, although I enjoy that that side of the game. One of the the big developments for me when I got back into the hobby in terms of like my development learning how to play the game this is going to sound really basic and really stupid but i actually think it's it's quite a good one especially if you're a beginner player it's just accepting that your stuff is going to die right mm-hmm. like oh, accepting yeah. accepting yeah. that you that like and, and it's really interesting like we were talking to Stephen box you know and we've been talking to you know players who are very focused on that competitive side and and it's for them you know one again about that mentality point it's about kind of trading you know, it's about mm-hmm. accepting that, you know, you're going to go in, you're going to lose whatever your unit is, but it doesn't matter because you will have, as you say, stopped your opponent doing their objective or you will have knocked enough wind out of their unit or even just move blocked it, you know, to stop yeah. them scoring their objective. So I definitely think, yeah, that, that, that mm-hmm. mentality point is is hundred bang on, you know, in terms of your development rather than just going for the, I have lots of guns and I am going to shoot <laughs> you off the board and if I don't shoot you off the board, you know, or, or fight you off the board, then I'm losing, you know. It's it's just an interesting way of approaching the game. I have been playing Custodes and Imperial Fist wrong this whole time. <laughs> well, you, you've been bringing the Hammerfall Bunker, mate. So, you know, you're, you're, you, get, you get props for bringing the Hammerfall Bunker. You automatically get a 10-point bonus, as far as I'm concerned, on secondaries. Because <laughs> it's shit. So it is, it is, it per- is plums. So personally, Skari, cool. what are your aims for the next kind of season or year competitively? Did you want to go for a best Drukari player again? Is that 
Is that kind of a thing you Well, in this season, it's not going to be very realistic considering I don't think I'll have enough events to really sort of like pull through unless at LVO I do like really, really well. Yeah, Which absolutely. is, you know, it's yeah. like, you know, I, like so this year has been, it's pretty much more of a enjoy myself playing competitively and just like play the games rather than like focusing too much about like ranking. Mm. Um, so I'm going to use it to test a lot of ideas and concepts rather than rather than like trying to get a, a unit or a list that's like seriously designed to like compete at a high level um, and it's one of those it's like a it's like a sports team that goes through like a couple of years of you know development and regrowth in a lot of ways England you know like <laughs> yeah you know every every they'll go through a cycle right so every so many years they won't win anything but they'll 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 get their whole roster and get a whole bunch of like young players on the team, and they'll spend five years developing them into a into a very very competitive squad. So this year is more that like as a goal for me. So I'm going to go and test out different obsessions, and I'm going to test out a real space raid versus the patrols. And I'm going to test out like all a bunch of different units and combinations, not because I think it's going to be crazy good, but like come to WTC 2022 where I get to, you know, hopefully be back on Team Canada, right? We're still developing the team right now. Mm. But develop something for that specific thing. So my goal is to help Canada podium at the WTC. Like, in terms of, that's like my main hobby goal. Mm. Is, you know, we've developed a coaching and training program. We've developed, you know, like a, a, a prospect program where we're actually developing newer players. So for me personally... It's about that journey rather than like my own personal. Like, yeah, I still want to go and compete and do well at events, but like, you know, I already I got best Rukari player. I know I know I'm good at the game. I don't need that sort of like validation mm -hmm. if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So I'm gonna go and I'm gonna test some really wacky stuff, and then make myself better in the process by like, you know, learning how to play with stuff that people think are crap, and then going to a tournament and being like. Gotcha. You know, well, not in that sense, but like, <laughs> I know how to use this random unit that nobody uses, but it's gonna work for me because I practiced. Yeah. Only awesome. Hellions. That's a really good goal. That's a really. That's actually like. I think that's a, like, as, a, as a you know as an objective for development. That's actually a really like worthy to to bring on other players as well. It's interesting that you guys. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't have any contact with WTC England or, or you know, so I don't know what they're doing. But um, it, it, that that's really interesting that you guys are developing that. And obviously, I think that long term for the health of the game over there is going to be going to be brilliant. Mm. And so, in terms of Drukari, yeah. I've got a question that I, I'm curious <laughs> yeah. to ask you about because when I went through the Drukari book, one of the things that I found interesting was that I got through that book much faster than I did many of the other 9th edition books. And then I felt like I got my head around it. Now, Jukari are incredibly good right now. But one of the things, things are going to be really good, of course, is because of points. So here's my question. Obviously, if I said to you right now, what are Jukari missing? You might go, well, not very much. They're winning a lot of, a lot of tournaments. But <laughs> when you know they'll see a rebalance, as all the codexes do, and there'll be other books that come out in the future. Do you think there is any area where Jukari actually might end up struggling? Um, well, Jukari have always struggled with very similar things from edition to edition, one of them being their stickativity or their durability. You know, like Dark Eldar have an ability to like move around the table really quickly, 
and hit you really, really hard. But if somebody can like take a hit and then kill four raiders in their in their contents in a single turn, like it's not that hard to like just take the wind, the literal wind out of the raider's sails, basically, <laughs> right? Um, so I think that a faction that can, like for example, Craft Old Eldar. Like I have a feeling, like Craft Old Eldar is when they redo that book is going to have all the tools necessary to just crush Drukari <laughs> because they can keep up with the speed that the Drukari have, but they'll have a lot of the hitting power the Drukari have and a lot of the defensive stuff the Drukari don't have in the form of like psychic powers and yeah. things like that. So I'm really curious to see because a lot of the times, you know. That Harlequins and, and, and Croftold can give Dark Elder a hard time with the right sort of build, even now, where you go, you know, who uses who uses um, Crimson Hunter Exarchs? Nobody does. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you right now that a Crimson Hunter Exarch with plus one damage against Fly murders Raiders mm -hmm. real fast, right? <laughs> like, so they have, like, key units even now that can, like, counter you in a lot of ways. You know, um, and then they've got like great ways to score points yeah. and stuff. Even though a lot of their units are terrible, so then take that and then put it in like new ninth edition yeah. stuff, and I can see that style of list just like giving us like a headache, especially if we don't go yeah. first. And then there's like a bunch of shining spears in your face, like murdering everything, and then like tanking everything. Yeah, you know, back in the you see. Know, I love so. the fact here that you said mm -hmm. that the hard counter to some Eldari is other Eldari. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I, yes. I think I think it's an interesting yes. point about about um, codex mining, like the idea of with older codexes, right? Like if you are somebody who does play Crawford Eldar or you're somebody who does play a, a codex that hasn't yet been updated for ninth, right? As you say, you can still, you know, uh, there's an element, of, I guess, of tailoring there because you know you're coming up against Strakari or you know you're going to come up against Abmech. But you know, let's be fair, if you go into a tournament, you know you're going to have to go through Drakari. Or, and dead mech or they'll go through you so if you are playing those armies there's an element right. of like actually you know don't despair even though you have got lots of bad units like really go back into your codex have a real good detailed look at the units because actually you'll probably find there is a build or there is something that you can bring like you say crimson hunter exarch you give that the right tech you know it's going to take out raiders right and that's a good kind of damage model to have on a lot of other units in the game as well so yeah i think i think it's kind of you know from as well as from the Drakari perspective of going oh actually that's something to worry about and looking ahead to ninth it's something to worry about you know for those updated codexes actually if you're someone who plays those older ones you know do do don't despair do mine through because there are builds that you can you can work with to take on the top armies now mm -hmm. and something that i did when Drukari of course, were not, yeah, yeah. like, at the top it of the Seems so long ago. Right, you know what I mean? Like, and it's one of those things, you get... Yeah, you, you know, you, you get good playing with crap. And then when your crap gets good, then you become unstoppable, so, right? Like... I'm going to be the best player you, in the world pre when Custodes get a new codex. <laughs> Custodes are good, man. If you Custodes keep it up, yeah. you know, and... Custodes are good, so they're, they're, they're not crap. You just you okay. just bragged to me. You just you just said you're against it, mate. What am I playing? Yeah, that's that's perspective, right? Yeah. yeah, you've got a giant golden armored demigod. Uh, like Ed's got like some mutant knocking about in a tractor. Like you know, it's not. I'm a biophagus yeah. without the staff because now Adam's got. Yeah, I've I've nicked the my my homunculus has stolen his kit. Like you know, what do you expect? No, um, yeah, because Tony's doing interesting. That's true. Yeah. No, I think it's all good piece of advice. So I think I think look, we've we've covered a lot tonight. So let's uh, let's bring it to a close. But 
we are our colleague Richard, who would otherwise join us, who sadly can't be here tonight, normally does a little game show in many ways where we just ask a sort of funny question. So it's not so much a game show, but I'm going to ask each of you uh, to, to, to respond with, with a single answer, preferably, if you could. Um, but basically, if you had to go to a tournament tomorrow, right, and you cannot take your normal army, so you know, for you, you Skari, obviously the Tricari, you can't take them. For you, Alex, the Custodes, I suppose, you can't take them. And for you, Ed, let's go GSC, because they're the one you're working with. But you can have any other army in the game, and, you know, obviously you, you get 2,000 points of it painted, whatever list you want. What would you take? Let's go well, start with you, I, Can I, can I oh, expand God. this, this question, to any army that you don't already own? Yeah, sure. Any army you don't already own, I don't mind that. That's a fair enough caveat. So, what what would you okay? What would you go for, mate? What's your? You can go See, first. Oh god! Now that I've added that caveat, I have no idea. I'm gonna have to really like, look <laughs> loads at my of choice. Here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have loads of choice from like the entire game. Um, oh god, this is really tough. I think, I think, because I've always been really intrigued as to like how I would play it. Um, Harlequins because like I've got two reasons for this and again I mentioned this on the ECP podcast on deploymentzone.tv we're going to do this cross-selling you do the cross-pollination cross of audiences I'm going to get ready to just beep those out like swear words stop pollinating me but yeah no like we we talked about there like the guys were asking me oh what what Xenos army would I have and I had to say Harlequins for two reasons number one um I've always been intrigued by what I could do with them in terms of hobby. Um, I don't know if, uh, Adam, you, you've been to Japan, you'll know this better than me. Um, there's a, a type of art style uh, in Japan, I think it's called like a Sakura painting, where it's like the, the sun in the background and it's like, uh, do, do you know what I'm talking about? I think I think I do. Yeah, I mean, Sakura is just yeah. cherry blossom, right? Like that's that's the, oh. the cherry blossom. That's the word for that. So, but do you mean like yeah. those sort of the ink? You know, the landscape, the landscape yeah, yeah, yeah. paintings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like exactly traditional, that. traditional uh, like ink. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Exactly. So I would love to do that that kind of freehand just all over a Harlequin's army. That'd be cool. I've seen it done. Yeah, it'd be it'd be so cool. Like, I've seen it done once before. Uh, there's a guy on Instagram, I think he's called like Son of Anata or Atlanta or something. Um, he's done like a beautiful army like that. Um, so I'd love to do that just from a hobby aspect. From the other side of it as well, I've never actually had like a fast army before. Like I've got Imperial Fists and Custodes and it's mainly like foot custodies and foot imperial fists so yeah i've never had this army that can just like race across the board and do things so it would be fascinating for me to just that's like cool. have that as an option so yeah harlequins that is my answer that's a really I did have an answer. answer yeah no it was, i was gonna say you, you sort of said like you were gonna be could be spoiled for choice um do you know what let's <laughs> let's go scary what would you go for me what, what if you you can't bring your drakari and i guess the black templars are out as well um since you've got those or the Talan, oh, or no. the Sisters of Battle. Okay, so none of those. <clears throat> Which is fine. Uh, to be honest, I would bring a world, a, nice. a word oh, bearers army. Really? And I would, uh, oh yes, the word bearers, like the the mirrored image of the Black Templars, just like chaos -y. But I'm real. I'm a huge fan of the summoning mechanic for chaos. 
And I believe that it's one of the most underutilized and most powerful elements of the Chaos-like repertoire. And I don't think it's used enough by people competitively. So I'd like to like prove Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, you would, you would set the scene. With, uh, yeah, with definitely. Users, oh, yeah. Uh, That'd be cool. Um, well, it's funny because, yes, I you know, in terms of um, like working with uh, like teaching people competitive elements. I've worked with a few people who play Chaos, mainly Zinch, right? But the adding summoning to the list is sort of like like about 400 points of summoning has like cranked up those lists to a to a level that I've actually never seen before. It's really awesome to see in practice how powerful they can be. Um, so I'd like to like put that into practice with a word bearers list that has access to like a whole variety mm. of different demons. Um, based on like characters and marks and things like that, so that based on the matchup I'm playing, I literally have a list of how to use all the different things I want to bring in, and then like pick and choose on the fly. It takes a lot of work, it's a lot of mental preparation, you have to have like an idea of what you want to bring, but if I were to go to a tournament and I could do anything I wanted and not have to worry about like painting or collecting, it would be that. Because I'd have a core, I'd have like the, you know, the dreadnoughts and the stuff that's really good in Chaos and whatnot and Space Marines in general, but then I'd supplement it with like a pool of summoning where I could pick yeah. and choose based on the matchup exactly what I needed at that point in time. And and then of course Word Bearers have a really cool no they have the a no retreat axe relic, I believe. Which also means that I can like hold those damn vanguards <laughs> in combat. <laughs> Take Get that, Lucius. No, that'd be really cool. I mean, we've we've talked on here before about with, yeah. with chaos as well. It'd be really cool to see, you know, both, both on the podcast and just just when we chat generally. It'd be really cool to see the legions get something you know something special about them and i think for word bearers having like a a particular access to summoning and the ability to summon demons in the same way that like well, you know i think the iron warriors uh, should get but well, go on, it's, go on it's, well it's funny because by the time this comes out this will be common knowledge so uh, literally as we're recording breaking news uh in a week's time you will have new rules yes so, yeah yeah we'll get uh, the, so, the caradron book right yeah. so they're, they're they're all of the all of the chaos legions are getting um new rules or at least reprinted nice. rules. There, there would be, there would be pessimistic. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so two wounds, two wounds. Well, please, I was just, say, I just had a go. quick look. Like we're doing this live, people. We've, I've just had a quick look at these. We'll do it live. Menu. And uh, they do say, and this is going to upset some Chaos players, but I'm sorry. The book also collates a range of existing rules for the Chaos Space Marines in one place. They have been updated with their relevant FAQ changes uh, and formatted for the current edition to give you an easy overview of their traits, stratagems, and relics. So, yeah, uh, it might not be new rules, very sadly. Which is, uh, yeah, unfortunate. Unfortunate. Boom! Need a bit of a But that's cool. That's. I'm going to flip the table. <laughs> Dress the table, table and punch someone. Okay? So much for my wood <laughs> bearers idea. Flip yeah. the table, throw the book of Lorgar at someone. Uh, no, that that's really cool though. That'd be a really. I think it'd be. Yeah. I, I've got. I, although I do, I'm not a fan of Lorgar uh, himself in the in the law because um, he, uh, he. Yeah, he's not my favourite guy. An but... Yeah, yeah, oh my god! <laughs> no, but I actually the the word bearers um, scheme and actually some of their their like their Horus Heresy models are so cool. Oh, the their 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 um what are they called? The first possessed mm, guys. Uh, oh no, the Gal Vorback. Gal Vorback, that's it. Yeah, and, and I, I I read I read first Heretic, and I'm a big fan of um, uh, Argyll Tal. 
Arg El Tal. That's First Heretic, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, his so, model is stunning. So seeing the model of that that they've announced is very cool. Um, yeah. So okay, so we've got we've got Harlequins, we've got Word Bearers. So two sort of slightly different ends of the spectrum. Over to you, Ed. What would you take if you could take anything other than what you've got? So different, different flavour. And I think I've actually might have mentioned this before. If I was to do a new army, I would love to do Black Legion. Um, and I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and be slightly prophetic in in, in this and say, um, I'm hoping that because I, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, because obviously Bellacor is a demon, but I believe the new Walker's Own Caradon book is gonna have rules to kind of take him with Chaos Space Marines, like specifically. There's like a yeah, specific I, I believe that's there. the thing. So mm -hmm. I'm yeah. hoping that I can have an army with Bellacor and Abaddon. And then a load of Black Legion stuff, and hopefully, hopefully they get good rules in, in the next in next week. We'll, we'll see. And yeah, I'm hope you know that's already two thirds to the last. But yeah. And at that point, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I, yeah, I love the Black Legion, so I'm I'm hoping they get loads of really really cool stuff. Um, that's probably how I would go. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is there any is there any like particular characters from the Black Legion you'd include or, or apart from, you know and when I, I mean, say that I don't necessarily mean know, that have models, but yeah. would you model them, you know, as, yeah, as oh, any definitely. of the guys in the law? Yeah, I would do yeah, I would do all of the guys from the books. They're all they're all incredibly cool. I feel like I you mean, kinda have to. I'm I'm so surprised they haven't done this Scandicaon model to this day well, because he's one yeah. of the most popular characters from books, I feel. Um, yeah, we this it's is funny. The issue. We, I was gonna say this is the issue with that. Oh, yeah, sorry, go you go. No, no, go on, go on, go on. Uh, I was going to say, the issue with Iskander uh, Karyon is just the fact that uh, Aaron, he cut, for those who don't know, he's from the uh, books written by Aaron Dembski Bowden, uh, Black Legion and Talon of Horus. The issue with, with him as a character is that he's... Uh, the third book in that trilogy hasn't been written yet, so we don't know if he's dead. So like if he dies yeah, and then like happen, a model yeah. comes out, it's gonna be like, oh well, okay, what? Um, I but I, oh god. No, as I say, it's, it's funny we say that because like when so I did a I did an Instagram live the other day with uh, War Hipster, our friend, you know, member of the podcast as well, and um, we were we, we were saying on there one of the questions we got asked by people in the audience was if you could take any character from Black Library and, and have a model of them, what would you go for? And I said, well, I'd love Iskander Kaon, I'd love uh, Leovine Urkis, and I'd love Telemachus oh, yeah. Lyras from the Black Legion books because it'd just be cool to see the various like you know the Thousand Sun, the Emperor's Child, singular, I guess, <laughs> and uh, and the the world eater represented in their like black legion you know i'm sure some people have done it as yeah. well but it'd just be cool to have some official models of that um as the kind of you know the the, the circle around abaddon when he's gonna he gets going absolutely yeah. one yeah. thing i've actually always wanted to see from yeah. like a black legion army is because obviously they're all taken from like different legions um i'd love to see someone just like actually paint each model as like a different legion and then just do like four layers of null oil so you can like kind of see through it or like black templar <laughs> over the top do you know what i mean they, they got the terrible paint job from the dark mechanicum forge they were like we've run out of black guys we'll just have to dull it down it'll be fine yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that'd, that'd, be cool, be awesome. that'd be cool um i mean i guess I, I should try and answer the question as well and the problem i've got is 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 that's necrons sisters eldar mm -hmm. tau uh space marines i have got some chaos um that are out the window um as well as drakari and death guard so i would have to say with what's left i i'm i'm actually torn i think if i went to a tournament tomorrow i'd love to run an imperial guard tank army 
like an imperial guard, uh, like a, like yeah. a mechanized infantry. Nice. Like our friend, our friend, uh, the podcast Rich, who mentioned several times, he can't join us tonight. He is building an imperial guard army based on the television show Shop at the moment, um, and he is he is you know obviously going for the like 18th century Napoleonic look on all of his. He's got lots of head swaps. I'd love to lean into like the proper like mechanized loads of lemon rust tanks loads of chimeras like just really lean into that and have like the like the mechanized brigade with all the artillery as well because i think the the basilisk the 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 big artillery gun it just is so cool it's such a cool model and when you see them all lined up like yeah. you know inevitably when you play yeah. somebody's got guard you see like three or four of them lined up at the back of the table with their, with their guns pointing up in the air it's just such a cool like visual among all the you know all yeah. the terrain and all the rubble so yeah i don't know i'd love love to do that i think that'd be one that i'd, I'd go for nine oh. basilisks nine basilisks yeah. nine uh medusas That's horrible um, just it's an artillery yeah. list just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slime Arbo. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Just, just like yep, nine, nine basilisks and, and just the Tanith. All the Tanith characters. And, and no, and, and then, and, uh, and then Harker, Sergeant Harker to give them all reroll ones. Or, or Yarrick. Just <laughs> to, like, if you play With your, your big you lobster win, club. You know, like that sort of thing. Um, yeah, big lobster claw. Reroll all, all misses oh against, uh, well, against orcs or whatever. I'm actually going to see how many points that would be. Because right I do, actually, I mean, the orcs, yeah, orcs are obviously going to get um, a glow up very soon, presumably. I don't know if they said anything in the preview, Sandman, about that. Uh, no, I don't think there's any no, word know. on orcs. Uh, yeah, but we've but, seen the preview of the new boy, so we, we assume it's it's on the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, it's yeah. gonna be cool to see that. So it'd be cool to see if they if they did, you know, if they re when they whenever they get round to redoing God, if they redid like Yarrick as well, because then we'd have Gaz, we'd have Yarrick. You'd be able to have the proper like, you know, face off between the two. That'd be cool. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Also, you can just be like, I am the lobster. I am Yarrick. Snap, snap. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of Imperial Guard fans who listen to this. Who are gonna be like, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> Which they would be right. <laughs> would be absolutely right. So you can't do it with normal medusas because normal medusas are are like a little expensive. However, if you did it with medusa carriages and basilisks, there we go. Oh my god, my the basilisks are only 125 points. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're legends, sorry. Medusa, battery, mantle, no. Medusa <laughs> characters are not legends. Very defiant hat, ah, that. And victory. <laughs> you might be able to do... Yeah. So you might be able to do six Medusas. Um, no. No. Oh, yeah, okay. So you'd be able to do, like, six Medusas, nine basilisks, <laughs> and a character. The cr in a... yeah. Like, I'm not getting the objectives, but I'm yeah, doing the crazy artillery, artillery strike. So fun. you know what? Let's do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> We're here for a good time, not a long time. Uh, no. Yeah, so yeah, that's probably probably what I'd go with the me mechanized yeah. guard and possibly the the uh, the fourth artillery company, uh, as suggested uh, by by uh, by our very Scary uh, this evening. So. I think then that brings us broadly right. to the end of the podcast. So it only remains to say, Mr. Scary, or Archon Scary, to give you your proper title, thank you very much for taking the time to join us this evening and uh, imparting us with your wisdom both on Drakari, competitive, and your potential plans for the future. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the invite to come onto the show. This has been 
hoot. I look us up on your world so tour you as well. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. in the UK, yeah. You are, you are. I'll definitely be letting everybody know like what the plan is as we go. But uh, but yeah, I'm, I, yeah, you know, just send me a message if you'd like me to do it. Give me any suggestions, ideas. Like I've already had people reach out to me from all over the world, being like, oh, you should come play here or there and stuff. So yeah, yeah, keep them coming. Nice, nice, amazing. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much, Scurry, again. And uh, as I guess it only remains to say, it's uh, goodbye from me, ADL Wargaming, Quipster and Sandman, say goodbye. 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 And until next time, uh, happy hobbying, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.